passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> You're listening to the NWA, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yo. It's Righteous Reg. It's a case for the safe, keep a space for the Nubians. Unfiltered, off-kilter, the professor, the godfather, post-wrestling, the NWA, not oh, keep guessing, huh? The views and expressions, you know the rest, it's pop excellence, get the message, advocates for Nubian, wrestling, you're listening to the best again, black wrestling in the ring, we invested in, Nubian kings and queens, we invested in, it's for the culture and we repping it. Welcome to the NWA Podcast, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the show all about getting color in the professional wrestling business. We are back and better than ever for our third episode in the post-wrestling era. I want to thank everyone who has taken the time out to check out our shows and, and leave us feedback on these shows. I am the Godfather Nate Milton, one of your hosts here at the NWA Podcast. We're not going to waste any time this week, folks. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right to it. So much news to talk about this week. Got a great panel in store for you this week. So let me bring in my co-host. He is the angry intellectual. Some of y'all might know this man as Moderna Chris. But to me, he's the professor. Chris from L.A., Chris Ely. What's good, brother? Man, um, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just hoping that StreamYard isn't a, a subsidiary of WWE because we might fuck around and get released or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though, Chris. Right, you you bring up a real good point. Like, there's a lot of change going on, but I, I did want to check in with you before we've started, man, because this ain't just about wrestling, Chris. It's not just about show. You know, we're friends, man. We're brothers, and I'm I'm concerned about your health. I know when we did the post podcast day, you know, you was on Moderna and and, and at Hennessy, uh, and, and I, I I've it's come to my attention. I, I don't know if this is a HIPAA violation or not, but it's come to my attention, Chris, that you are currently suffering from an illness uh, known known as uh, Westbrook fever. Is is that correct, brother? How are you doing 
after after Russell Westbrook has joined your Los Angeles Lakers, man? This is a tough one for me, man, because I a lot of people think I suffered having to cheer for LeBron. Um, I always hated LeBron because I knew he was the shit and he was beaten up by Lakers. So when he became a Laker, it was pretty easy for me to go on get on board with that. Russell Westbrook, on an, on the other hand, is a is a tougher pill to swallow. But once you put on that purple and gold, I cheer for you. And if 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 the games are looking good, then you know I'm gonna I'm with you through thick and thin as long as you a Laker. Man, I, I know a lot of people uh, after the news of that signing, you know, were like, "Oh, how's this gonna work?" I don't think this is gonna work. I think it's actually a good signing for the Lakers, man. I think Westbrook will fit better with LeBron than a lot of people think. And really, like, they just got to get role players now, man. You got to get shooters, defensive yeah. players. Shooters, like, definitely. The Lakers could be a team that, that's going to cause people some problems next year, brother Chris. But but here's the thing. You know, you talk about fitting Russell Westbrook into a team, and it's about their chemistry. We got some chemistry here on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates podcast. And it's you, it's me, it's our guests, it's the listeners. But most importantly, there's one man that keeps us informed about what's going on in the world. He is my nephew. He is, some would say, the youngest in charge. You've heard him on Bushby and Thompson. You've seen him doing all these interviews for Andrew Thompson interviews. And you know this is the busiest man in the world right now, particularly this week, writing y'all these news stories on Post Wrestling, keeping y'all up to date with what's going on in the world of professional professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for Andrew Thompson with the Nubian News. Andrew, what's good, brother? Mo, Mo Darna, Chris, and, and Uncle Nate, my, my, my two guys. It's a pleasure as always. I always like speaking to you good brothers. I enjoyed the, the, the Los Angeles Lakers take that you guys have. And it's going to be very, very, very cool because Chris, especially because you in L.A., when, when KD finally get his ring by putting 40 <laughs> on LeBron head in game seven next year in the finals, I can't wait for it. And I will be tagging you on Twitter when this happens. Wow. Oh, I, I want you to, but and then, when it, <laughs> and then when it doesn't happen, I'm going to have, I will, I'm going to fly to the DMV and <laughs> laugh in your face. I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fly to the DMV, get off in Duelist. I'll probably fly into Duelist. Meet you at the airport, laugh in your face, <laughs> and then get right back on the plane to LA. Dang. That's, that's petty. A, that's that's straight disrespect right there. A whole nother yeah. level. <laughs> <laughs> but but I say, but of course, fellas, we got some so we we had a a, a, a couple of no, notable news items over the past, you know, over the past you say twenty four hours, uh, but specifically on the Nubian news front, of course a lot of eventful things have happened over the past several weeks or so but we're gonna start off with something that literally happened last night we're recording this on august 2nd but uh this event happened on august 1st pwg held their first show since december of 2019 and we had some good brothers on that show for sure uh we had marvin reed making his debut i believe uh jonathan gresham is back on pwg and lee moriarty was there uh reed and moriarty have like gained notoriety quickly i'm pretty sure you guys have seen them all over social media seeing some of their clips and stuff like that uh reed is in mlw and he's the the middleweight champion he beat leo rush uh, earlier this year for the belt uh moriarty is you know hurled it by his colleagues like he I, he i don't think he's ever even said it but his colleagues have gone on record numerous times referring to him as the best independent wrestler out there and of course we all know what jonathan gresham does in the ring but to see uh Marvin reed and lee moriarty uh at, at pwg and get, get the call for that 
that that that's a that's a pretty big deal, man. For for as far as independent wrestling goes, Nate, I was just wondering, uh, you're taking that, you know, uh, off to you, Chris. Man, like, here's the thing, like, you know, something is popping when it can get people who aren't actually watching to want to watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I knew the PWG event was happening, but you know, it, I, I'm I'm busy, y'all. Like, that, yeah, I got a lot of things going on in my life, so. PWG was something where I'm like, if I hear good things, I'll definitely go back and check it out. But I just don't have the time to watch it night of. And, you know, so I'm, I'm working on stuff. I'm editing. I've got like a friend on the line that we're talking about another podcast project. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get a little exercise in, Andrew. And about 10 o'clock, I want to say, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later. I start to see my timeline just going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about Lee Moriarty. And, and, and that man, Jonathan Gresham, and, and uh, like Righteous Reg, you know, friend of the program, <laughs> you know, a uh, 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 composer of the theme song that y'all hear each and every month here on the podcast. Like, he was like, what the hell is this? Is this the Righteous Reg Invitational? Uh, like, I just, <laughs> like, just seeing people just getting so hyped about this matchup that I guess was a surprise, Andrew. Like, nobody yeah. knew that this was, was going to be taking place on the card. And so, like, mm-hmm. I actually wanted to – just like I didn't know, like what, where where I would have to go to to see it or whatever. Like I wanted oh. to log in right then, I wasn't able to. But now that I know, like the the kind of discussion around the match, I, I'm definitely gonna check that out this week. Because like you said, Andrew, these are two uh, up and coming brothers, along with Myron Reed, that's been doing this for for a little while, and and it's good to see them kind of getting getting their shine. Yeah, see, see the thing, I was gonna, I was gonna, I'm gonna let. Uh... Chris get his taken, but I was gonna say like the thing about PWG is they don't they they they, they don't stream their events like they they like release it like on DVD or like release it like on high spots yeah. like weeks later or like a month later like and the thing about the the show they held last night it's like a tradition it's called Mystery Vortex and no like you the only thing is about the show you only thing people know is that you buy a ticket and that that's the only thing you know you don't know who's gonna be on the show you don't know the matchups and they they do a pretty good job of keeping everything secret so when people bought tickets to that show last night there was no card announced it was sold mm-hmm. out but and that that like when you when you showed up to the event that's when you found out who was going to be wrestling on that show and that's know, a course, crazy they, concept yeah, that, that is a crazy concept and i think pwg just has the notoriety to where they can do stuff like that and pull that off like without having no announced card but uh but but, but yeah chris uh, just, just your thoughts about you know seeing Myron reed uh and and, and lee moriarty who i like really up and coming and then gresham of course who's a vet uh, back at PWG, and it, it it really seems like you know, like I mentioned earlier, and then I how Nate said, like uh, Marvin Reed and Lee Moriarty, they gaining like a lot of a lot of attention, man. Uh yeah, especially um, I've been checking out Myron Reed on um, MLW. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome dude, man, and I'm glad that uh, PWG is back up and running. Um, I I've gone to a few of their shows. Um, yeah, and it's a very um, exclusive ticket. <laughs> Uh, they they turned down like some pretty big like movie stars and stuff that want to go to those shows. Mm. Um, well, you, real stuff. quick, Chris, not to interrupt, but I'm now that you're talking about PWG, it brings back a memory that I think might be accurate uh, from when you were on the Kings of Sport uh, a couple years ago. Was is PWG the promotion that had that show where you had to go like out in the desert and like they had the pizza there and you, was was that PWG? I, I, I think it might have been. I'm not. I, I didn't go to that show, but they do have like these weird, like, like things like that with these like underground like password type yeah. of things. It so, might have been Marcus. It might have been Marcus Vanderberg because yeah. he was like 
yeah. it was just this random building, Andrew, like out in the middle of the desert, and like mm-hmm. there was no concessions. Like they had pizza and like bottled soda, and it was like, <laughs> yeah, and it was like you you in there for like three four hours watching this wrestling show with pizza and bottled soda and just like the ra- this random assortment of people in the crowd that found out about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it and like the black wrestling excellence i'm i'm all about that man so um, there we go uh just keep it coming yeah for sure for sure and of course moving over to the wwe last time uh all of us spoke together uh it was i, I want to say right before money in the bank and we were talking about the, some of the predictions for the show uh but since since coming out of that brother big e has done yes. it money in the bank um you know, I, I like just, just my prediction. I'm thinking Goldberg, Lashley, you know, like I think in Goldberg probably might beat him. And knowing WWE probably trying to offset the reaction that Goldberg will get, they will bring in the fan favorite, Big E, who is for sure 100% will get a massive pop if he wins the WWE title and then, you know, transitions over to Raw and then he'll reunite with New Day and we'll get the yeah. big. You know that, that 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 seems like the logical thing they'll do, or maybe he'll cash in on Lashley. But uh, uh, Chris will go to you first, and then come to you, Nate. Just, just your thoughts about seeing Biggie winning Money in the Bank. Um, you know, it, it kind of take taking sort of I, I guess this long for you know for WWE to fully realize like how popular Biggie is, and clearly by the reaction that he got, it, we 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 weren't the only ones that wanted uh, to see him get that moment, and then uh, sort sort of your fantasy booking of how you think. Uh, his cash will play out. Do you think they'll give him that big moment in Vegas or do you think they're going to drag it out some more? Um, I actually, um, I don't think he's getting a big moment in Vegas just yet, but I could be wrong. I, I personally want him to cash it in against Roman Reigns and I don't want it to be some bullshit. Um, this guy slipped on a banana pill. Let me cash in this money in the bank. And then I want him to, Look, face Roman Reigns in the ring and be like, look, I am having a match with you on this day. Bring your A game. Mm-hmm. I think every generation has a Savage, Hogan, Austin, Rock, um, Orton, Cena, although I think that feud <laughs> is a little overrated. Um, but I think, I think Roman Reigns and Big E needs to be this generation's feud for the WWE. I think they they need to meet um, under multiple circumstances a few times within the next four or five years. Sometimes uh, Reigns needs to be the baby face. Sometimes Big E needs to be the baby face. Sometimes Big E needs to be the heel. Sometimes Reigns needs to be the heel. I think that that's my dream scenario mm. is because WWE with all the outside wrestling news um, I don't understand the direction they're going in with anybody. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. So I, I want, you know, at least if I get Big E and Roman Reigns, I can at least say these guys are future minded. Both of, I mean, none of them are, neither of them are young, but they're, you know, in WWE comparison, they're like, like 35, maybe a little. Say like for WWE, like they're babies, like they, yeah, they so, young, yeah. fresh up and comers. Yeah. yeah, so you know, you you could get some good, um, you could get some good years out of them um, if they're if they're the top guys that are 
like, again, sporadically feuding with each other and everybody else is underneath it. Like when Rock and Austin were the, were the guys, it was Rock, Austin, and everybody else was underneath. Mick Foley, Triple H, Undertaker, all those guys right. followed the lead of Austin and Rock. This is how it needs to be with Big E and Roman. You got Big E, Roman, and then everybody else is an underneath guy that might main event sometimes, but it's all going to be um, surrounding those two. Hmm. I, I think the the thing with Big E, Andrew, is you could go either way with this. You could go the route that you're talking about where he cashes in on Lashley or Goldberg, or you could easily go the, the route Chris, Chris is talking about where we set up Big E and Roman because then you can bring in all that history with the New Day and the Usos mm. and all that family stuff. Uh, and I think either story is compelling. So it's a good problem for the WWE to have, and then hopefully they don't screw this up. Because <laughs> I've been saying for years, man, like Big E, even before Kofi Mania, I was like, yo, if they don't pull the trigger on Big E in the next four or five years, they're going to waste an opportunity because this is a dude that you would think would be Vince's dream guy. Like he's yeah. a big hoss and, and he can work and he's got a great personality and people connect to him. And he's somebody who's marketable, Chris. Mm-hmm. Like you could put Big yeah. E on The Tonight Show. You could put Big E on Good Morning America. Like you right. can put Big E on Jeopardy with LeVar Burton and Big E's going to work. You know? uh, my, so like, yeah, my favorite era of NXT was when he was the champion. With mm, three, eight, enough, five, five. five. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, the, he did that five count gimmick better than King Kong Bundy. Talk in about my it. opinion. Yes. That was but, just awesome. Here, here's the thing though. Like, cause while I do love Chris's idea, there's a part of me that wants them to go Andrew's route for only one reason, fellas. Five words. Big meaty man's mm-hmm. slapping meat. Come on now. You can't not, like how I, many more matches does Goldberg have left, Andrew? Like, you can't bring Goldberg in and not do that match at least one time with him and Big E. Yeah, see see the thing is, like I mean I I, I see I don't know if uh if they've had if they've restructured something with Goldberg's contract, but uh, he he's on a two a two match per per year deal, mm. like that and that, that was as of what he said. Like he said that in an interview, and you know I don't know if they restructured that or that's different, but I, I'm assuming that's the that's still the case. But and th- this is his second match this year, so you would, I, I mean you you would assume that you know he's either going to lose. I mean, well, there's, there's no there's no other way to think about it, but he's either going to lose it last year, he was going to beat Lashley. But like I was thinking, like you know, with the with the Big E thing, I. See the the reason I would prefer them to have Big E cash in on either uh, Bobby Lashley or um, Goldberg. Not, not number one is because like that whole uh, Twitter video or, or podcast <laughs> video, he was like the big meaty man slaying and all, all that all that stuff he was doing. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that that that's just like another a funny thing. But like I feel like Reigns is like hot right now, but at the same time you can you got the match made for Survivor Series. Since they like to do the champion versus champion, and then they just yeah. have to come to a choice to decide who's gonna win. You know that, that that's just you know they gonna have to make that choice. But um, like I, I feel like Big E man, like him winning the title and then going back to Raw and reuniting with New Day and then New Day getting back the titles. Like I like it, 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 it's it's going to happen, man. Do you just basically, yeah, in, in a way without purposely rehashing it, you're doing the same thing that happened 
in 2019 when Kofi won the title and then that's when New Day went and won the tag titles and like it just mm-hmm. it just naturally happened but you just swapping Big E for Kofi in this situation so like I, I feel like you can't like I, I I really don't want them to mess this up like I feel like the only way this ends is with Big E winning the title like it, it does not need to end with him like like see the thing the thing that with Chris's idea I do like the idea of Big E stepping up the range and just being like, hey, you know, I want to match, yada, yada, yada. But see, I think that's that that would be a cop out for them to just beat Big E at a big yeah. Like, right, I, I think well, right no, now, I, Roman, I think, uh, Roman's way too hot right now, I think. Yeah. yeah I think Big E should win. Big E is hot too. I don't he think. Is. I mean, Big E's hot, but he's, he's not He's not Roman hot. I think uh, if, I, you, if you want him to get Roman hot, that's a WrestleMania match. Yeah, that's well, that's what I was saying. That's team. where. That's why I think that he. Does, I don't think he needs to be cashing it right now. I think it needs mm. to be cashed in at WrestleMania, and okay. I think Big E is going to be um, Roman hot by uh, whatever the fuck that means. I, <laughs> we did just make up a whole new phrase yeah, for no reason. Like, <laughs> but like, I think you hot, you hot young fella, but you ain't Roman hot, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I guess. you ain't got that tribal chief heat, son. Yeah. That, tri- that tribal chief heat. That, 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 you know that, that should be the name of the the, the tagline for the podcast. This uh, this episode, the tri- tribal tribal chief heat. Yeah. <laughs> Nate out here coming up with phrases, man. They, they trademark that for they come out. But I, I've all, I've always been um, a believer in you're not a star mm. until you are put in a position to be a star. Like I remember when um, Ric Flair um, lost to Bret Hart in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, what lost the WWE title. Um, I didn't believe Bret Hart was winning that belt until it until it happened, and Bret Hart took it and ran with it. I right. think WWE is real. They really do need to do something that's gonna kind of derail the bullshit they got going on right now because i think nobody believes in anybody in wwe outside of lashley and um roman mm-hmm. i don't know what else they're doing right everything else on that on both of those shows i hate like it's it's like i i hate watch that shit um <laughs> bef- before i did this podcast i didn't watch it at all uh now i watch this and i'm just looking at everything and they're like this is stupid Moderna Chris on Tim right now, but, but ladies and gentlemen, we we have some some breaking news on the on oh. the Nubian wrestling advocates. But oh. before that, before that, we got a quick intermission because Andrew Thompson, myself, I don't know why I just spoke of myself in third person, but late I, I got to plug my interview with Mister Hughes from the WWF. Go check hmm. that out on the Andrew Thompson interviews YouTube channel and on the Post Wrestling site. You 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 would definitely enjoy it. But back from that intermission, we have some breaking news. Nate and Chris. Uh, uh, literally episode one, I believe we talked about this, but here we are now. Uh, Brother Leo Rush, uh, and I quote: Every single day for the past three months, I've been in rehab, working harder than I ever have before. Happy to announce that today I have been cleared. So mm. we, we we previously talked about it. Leo Rush formally announced his retirement from pro wrestling, but he still has dates, contractual yep. dates with New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have a show at the L.A. Coliseum on the 14th in front of fans. Leo is on the poster for that show. Okay, he's been okay. Out that he's cleared. So I mean, like I I know that he says he's retiring, but I'm, I'm pretty sure New Japan has plans to bring him in and have him on some mm. of those shows. And you never know, he might end up working with a 
you know, uh, Hiromu, whenever Hiromu gets cleared to return to action or, you know, a Desperado or any, any of those dudes in New Japan that he might get the bug back. Like, I, I, I think I think it was either Chris or it was either Chris or Nate said this on the, la- on the last, uh, the first one. Y'all was like, it's going to be one of those matches that he comes back for, like, the contractual New Japan dates and, and the bug going to get him. Yeah. And then he's going he gonna to be right back. And, you know, he, I, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't announce that he's cleared like unless you know there was some thought there and then he's literally on the cover of the new japan resurgence post right. for the show next week so like you, you mean you you know you can kind of put two and two together but i mean of course yeah. those are contractual things but at the same time it's like come on man like you about to be in the ring with some of new japan's finest probably if the, when, when the pandemic slows down if we get there one day like it, it, it ain't no way that bug ain't gonna catch you man no. I, was, I was gonna say nate what you think it's, it's like you know when i was coming up a lot of you know, my coaches or, you know, uh, elders in the neighborhood would, would pull me aside and say, you know, look here, young fella, don't make permanent decisions based off of temporary emotion. Whether you're angry or sad or whatever, don't make permanent decisions based off of that. And I think when we talked about Leo in episode one here on Post, it was like, yeah, he was feeling dejected because he had just debuted an AEW and, mm-hmm. and had all this momentum and then just got hurt. So, yeah, obviously the brother was probably feeling some type of way and made a, made a choice, made a decision based out of those emotions at the time. But we knew, man, like this this is wrestling, man. We just seen so many dudes come and go and then come back again. Uh, and, and for Leo to be as young as he is, to be as good as he is, and to be as in demand as he is, you know, like, like the fact that AEW was still willing to pay him while he was hurt, mm-hmm. man. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely think, this is the beginning of Leo kind of getting back on track. In particular, when you look at what like what AEW is now compared to what they were three months ago, just in terms of mm-hmm. the momentum that AEW is on, this hot streak of, you know, just consecutive dynamites over a million viewers, you know, selling out the United Center in Chicago. Like AEW is 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 even hotter than they were three months ago, which is crazy to yeah. say that, fellas. And so, like, if I'm Leo, yeah, do these New Japan dates, man. Make sure your body's right. Make sure your mind's right. Then go get your money right, fam. Right, okay. yeah. And I I, I agree. Um, Leo Rush is one of those guys that I often thought was just misunderstood by the wrestling business. And that's why mm. I'm glad that we have our show so we could kind of – clear up these bullshit narratives on black talent, you know, because I one of the things that I love about um what's my man's name? Sean Ross Sapp mm-hmm. um, is that he is very careful to not just make assumptions about somebody's mental um, state and I think a lot of that went on with like, you know, your ACHs and Leo right. Rush also, you know what I'm saying? Like you like, and we're learning with Simone Biles. You know, you see, these people are human beings. You know oh, what I'm right. saying? They got real feelings. They have real life's goals. And sometimes you just need to rest. Like I remember seeing um, Leo Rush at one of those PWG shows. I think this might be the one where he met um, Topanga, uh, Daniel Fischel. Uh, <laughs> He was a nice guy. He gave it 150%. He 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 gave his he he gave all of his heart to that match. Um and he gives us he puts his heart in everything. So yeah, he's not going to be perfect. He's a human being. He's not, like, you know, he yeah, he might 
say the wrong thing to somebody, but it doesn't, it's not an indictment on who he is as a man. Right. So him coming back to the wrestling industry um, is, would be apropos. I hope Tony Khan doesn't take him um, needing some like, you know, time to kind of reassess things as um, a, a personal attack on his company, AEW, I think is just, he needed some rest. Um, and I think he's going to be great when he comes back. If he goes to AEW, you got built in feuds that you could do over the next, you know, couple years, you know, him and jungle boy, that'd be high. Him and um, MG MJF, that would be high. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to see the, I think the future's bright for Leo rush. Yeah, he would he would fit right in with like that mix of MJF, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Sting Sun, like like the young Sting dudes Sun. on the come, the yeah. young dudes on the come up. Andrew, like I think Leo would just fit right in with that group. Yeah, man, like I, I definitely think it's a spot for Leo and AEW because he's he's Ricky different Stark too. Like Leo Rick, and Ricky yeah. would have a hell of a hell awesome, of a yeah, like because awesome Leo is different, man. Like he's he has a different set. He's built different from the other talents on the roster. Like when you when were you able to, were you able to be presented like that in a different manner than everybody else on the roster? Like it, it it's like literally impossible not to shine, especially in yeah. AEW with how they spotlight the, the the younger guys. Like you you got some of the younger guys, man. They, those dudes closing out dynamite on the weekly. You know what I'm right. saying? Like and, even with the established dudes like Omega, and you know what I'm saying. You got the rumors yeah. of Punk coming in and stuff like that. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how they navigate that, especially with the with the young guys coming in, with the young guys being there. But 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 Leo, man, like he, I I, I definitely think that he'll end up back in AEW. Like I, I just think it's just a matter of like he just yeah. like, like like I think Nate summed it up perfectly. Like he just you know he he literally had the opportunity that you know he was just like man I just got out of uh, WWE, well, not just got out of WWE, but he left there, and he had this major company, had this big debut, massive reaction. Like, they, they literally wanted to sign this dude, and then he come to find out that he got a tear in his shoulder mm-hmm. and, you know, or a separated shoulder, and then, you know, he, all that taken away. And he, he, he I mean, you I mean, even though, like, you know, the obvious thing that the contract was still there on the table, they wanted to pay him and let him get surgery, but, like, you know, he, he like he was in his feelings about it. You know, it ain't nothing right. wrong with that. He was upset and he felt, you know, he felt bad because, you know, he had this big moment and then he got to take off four or five months. But like when we looking at it now, it was that was like three months ago. Yeah. He's back. He cleared. Yeah. You know and, and, he, he good. and he's one of those guys. He's a smaller guy. But if you see him at the airport. He is somebody that you're going to notice. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's got this swag about him and this look about him where you are going to just look twice. You know what I'm saying? That kind of goes against that narrative is big guys get noticed in the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, When I went to the um, PWG show and saw um, Leo Rush, he immediately stood out to me. Um, and this was before he even did anything in the ring. So I think I, I definitely think the future is bright for him. For sure, for sure. And, and uh, he's a hell of a talker, man. So like there, there will always be a spot on a, on a wrestling show for Leo. I agree, I agree. And going going back to uh, WWE, uh, our second to last news story here. Uh, we we talked about it a little bit off air, but we 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 had to make sure to save the good takes for the for the actual recording. Uh, Brother Keith Lee made his grand return to WWE TV. The last time he was on the show was in early February. He was supposed to get a U.S. title match at Elimination Chamber. Then he just vanished from TV. Uh, There there was no word, no accurate word about what actually went down 
uh, the only update that we actually got was from, you know, sporadically from Keith Lee when he was just like, he would tell, he was going to tell the story. And then, you know, he said that somebody or something didn't allow him to tell that story. And then I think like a week ago, he said that he was going to do it anyway. And that was going to happen, I think, sometime this week or next week. So I'm very interested in that. I think Mia Yim had did an interview on Devon Dudley's podcast and she was just like, um, Keith Lee's fine, but you know, she was going to let him tell his story. So obviously, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I hope it, you know, it wasn't anything involving his health or mental health. You know, it was just, you know, well, I mean, I, it, I, I can't really speculate on it, but you know, it's, you know, I, I was just hoping that he was good and, you know, but of course he came back to, uh, to Monday night raw and, uh, he lost in his debut in his hometown. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then the next week he lost, to right. Karen Carl, who lost to Jeff Hardy the week before. And uh yeah, Keith Keith Lee, I think we all know how talented he is. Dude literally was like one of the biggest attractions on the independent scene for quite some time. Uh legit one of the most talented individuals, charismatic, on the mic, athletic as all hell. Like dude, dude his size is a standout athlete and you know, come 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 back and you own two two weeks mm-hmm. and back to back. And uh I, I don't the old trope with WWE, you can't win in your hometown, and uh, he lost to Karrion Cross. So, I, I, I Chris, Chris, I'm gonna go to you and let you uh, let, let you take the reins on this one, my brother. Um, yeah, um, WWE is doing this bullshit that they <laughs> do, like they that they've historically done. So, yeah, I'm happy that Lashley is world champ, and I'm happy that um, Apollo is. Whatever fucking champ he is, I don't even know. Inter- <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm I'm happy about that. But they have this thing where the, all the guys that are getting buried at the moment, moment, from my vantage point, because I'm a black guy, are the black guys. You mm. know what I'm saying? You can't if you can't win for losing if you're black in WWE. <laughs> so it's Keith Lee is you know he lost. Um, and and just because it's, he's jobbing to a black guy doesn't make it any fucking better. And that's kind of the what I'm trying to get people to understand. It's like, and then Lashley uh, beat um, Kofi. Uh, Co- he, he beat Kofi, but he destroyed Kofi. But he also beat um, Cedric and Shelton, and Shelton at the same time. It's like. And I, and I'm not saying this is only a black thing in WWE, but I'm just saying that like he he, he landing Drew McIntyre like that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it's, it's not a coincidence who who these guys. You, you don't understand, Chris. Like yeah. what Vince is doing, it's like it's like the National League and the American League. Like you yeah. got to win your own conference first. Like <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the ACC, Andrew. Like like yeah, if you're Duke, you got to beat North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia. Right. Before you can come out here and face these teams from the Pac-12, so yeah. Bobby has to get all these conference wins first over Shelton and Kofi and, and Cedric and Keith Lee. Then he can play out of conference games, right? <laughs> but it's 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 just the, the, like WWE. Vince McMahon is not anyone's friend. Um, I just want them all the wrestlers that work there to know that, and right, all right. the wrestlers that are going there. I'm about to say, Chris, I didn't mean, I mean to cut you off, but I just had to add this in before you continue with your point. He literally said on the conference call that he was going, he was like, he joked that they was going to keep giving wrestlers the AEW. Like, what like what type of shit is that? Like, you're yeah. joking, you're joking about releasing your talents. It, <laughs> it's, it's cold, it's callous, and it shows just how much he doesn't give a fuck about 
these guys. These guys are pieces of meat to him. They, um, uh, he's, you know, every once in a while he'll find guys to be friends or friendly with. But the minute you start thinking Vince McMahon is your friend, you end up getting screwed in some way. So mm-hmm. just as long as you are working in that company with that understanding, you will always be okay. Um, and I mean, I, I just wouldn't have, if I was a wrestler, I just wouldn't be friending up a promoter anyway until they just, they, they would need like two decades of just proving they're good people <laughs> before I start even kind of trusting a promoter. Mm. Um, because just I've just seen the wrestling business for decades and that's just how it's always been. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel bad for Keith Lee. Um, I think in AEW he'd fare better, but he wouldn't like and until they they need some like cultural shifts as well as far as the black talent. He'd he'd benefit because he'd be on a better show. Mm-hmm. Um because AEW is clearly better. This is one of the things one of these uh guys said when I was talking about how AEW does a bad job with their black talent, they took it as me liking WWE better. No, I, that's that's a stupid thing for me to fucking say, man. What the fuck <laughs> I look like with a PhD saying <laughs> AEW is worse than WWE. That's a dumb fucking take. That makes no sense. WWE is the worst show. It just is. Uh, when they do cool <laughs> stuff, I acknowledge it, but AEW is a better show. And I do think Keith Lee would be better off on WWE. Even people, even Andrade, people are saying, what did Andrade do in AEW so far? He's done nothing. What did he do in WWE? He was good on NXT. At WWE, they always kind of pushed him. I think they gave him the U.S. title. But then they like, well, you talk with an accent, so I don't know what to do with you. I mean, we'll just, at least we'll stick you in, in matches with Rey Mysterio every week for the next three months. Yeah, exactly. At least now he's kind of like they're st- they're he's the Play-Doh right now, and they're just trying to form him into something that's going to work. And um, if he's if he's in the same position in three months, I'd be like people yeah. were saying the same thing about Miro. Like, and look at where Miro yeah. is now. Like, All they, of the- they find a way to course correct, Andrew. Like, like if yeah. you look at the Dark Order, when the Dark Order first came out, they were terrible, man. And look at where they are now. When you look at Britt Baker and how she was presented when she first was in AEW, when they first started up, and look at Britt Baker now. Like, they, they're not perfect. They make mistakes, as we've said. But they have a better way of course correcting right now. They're a little bit more agile in that department than the WWE. Yeah, for sure. No, I hundred percent agree. Like, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out like where. I mean, I, like, so when, I remember when Keith Lee first came up on the main roster, like with mm-hmm. uh, the Randy Orton thing. He he got a clean win over Randy Orton. I was like, okay, there we go. That, right. that that's 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 massive right there because Randy Orton's one of their most protective uh, stars, and you know, he he is a big deal there. Despite my uh, personal thoughts about him and his Twitch comments, we ain't forget Randy. We ain't never gonna forget. Just wanna let you I know mean, that. In case I mean, you Sister can't. Maria said he can come to the cookout though. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the sister Maria's got ulterior motives. 
but, out of but, nowhere. But, 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 but yeah, man, like with Keith Lee, like I, first and foremost, I, I just hope that you know everything's good with him. Of course, you yeah, know definitely. now that he now that he's back, so you know, hopefully, you know they can uh, reroute him as and the that week match, comes. Andrew, real quick, my last thing on this man, like that match was just stupid from a booking standpoint. Him and Cross, because mm. you've got two guys coming off of losses that you would think that they have interest in promoting on the, on this main roster. And so what do we do with the two guys that had bad losses last week? Let's put them in a match where one of them is guaranteed to lose this week. Like just from a booking standpoint, that matchup didn't make any sense. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 I don't get how, you know, cross goes from losing to Jeff Hardy in like three minutes to going like trying to go the distance with Keith Lee and then tapping him out like I I mean I, I mean I, let me not let me not fake like the, the the match was good I'm not gonna say it, it was wasn't a good, good match it was it, 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 it was very entertaining match they they did a good job but like I'm talking like WWE but they, that's they a match a, you build to that's a match where both yes. guys have been winning and then you yeah. put them in a match together but they, they, they make it so difficult with the stories bro like they they just like two guys out there and just like whatever like put put some Put some oomph behind these dudes or, or behind they're running these running that WWE two K twenty like universe mode. They just yeah, whatever, whatever yeah, match pops up this week. They got the simulator yeah. on. And we're and we're saying it's a good match because we watch these things analytically, man. But d- WWE is like the match is not fucking good if you're just a spectator. For us, we could look at the intricacies of it and say, oh, they had a competitive match, but. Doing some shit like that, what they did with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross is like having Ursula win at the end of Little Mermaid and, <laughs> and fucking and uh and Ariel turns into back into a mermaid and puts and gets put in prison forever. And <laughs> Ursula marries the prince and that's the end of the fucking story. Uh, is Zack Snyder's Little Mermaid? Yeah, exactly. Straight, Dark straight, as straight. hell. Straight, yeah. straight like that, huh, Chris? Yeah, I'm just saying they they got to do better with this stuff, man. It's like, like, cause I mean, like, I don't want to get your your take on a little bit of the mainstream news, um, Andrew, since you're the investigative journalist here, because this is <laughs> this stuff is nuts at the moment, man. Like, I understood it even as a high school kid when they like got rid of all of their like they let Bret Hart go, they let Hogan, they let Hall, Nash, all those guys go and they had guys on the cusp waiting to come up like I don't understand this set of releases because I don't understand I don't know who's waiting who's next is my problem right and they're making record profits yeah it's not like this company is hurting well that's the thing too but in 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 about three years or so too because they are making record profits but AEW is going to be making record profits, and when they renegotiate their new TV deal, I, I've got no reason to believe that they won't. It won't. Everyone wants content, and yeah, and like Nate just said, you're making record profit, and you're still releasing guys that are in their prime. I mean, yeah, just um, like before before we get to our last uh, last news item, like this touch on what you said, like with WWE, like I've just come to the, especially over the past two years, like as I've sort of um been within this wrestling media space i i, I guess like with, with wwe i just kind of look at it like e- even with their product like just from far as watching the product like i don't like really enjoy it that much like outside of nxt like i i really do like nxt but mm-hmm. we're on smackdown it's kind of like just you know whatever like i, I don't expect anything 
out of it. So like, it's like it, I can see some of the good in it. Cause like, I'm just thinking everything's going to be terrible. So like, that's like, there's that, I mean, cause the product is not interesting, but like what, um, with the releases, like I, I, I really think that just WWE and Vince McMahon, they, they, they look at talents as just numbers on the spreadsheet. They don't value what these people bring to this company. I like, I, I think unless you're a select few, unless you're a, that upper echelon of talent that, you know, that's on the marquee, then that's when you get viewed as more than just a number. Like they, they release somebody like, you know, of course the elephant, they, they, they release uh Bray Wyatt, the elephant in the room, Bray Wyatt, you know, yeah. like we were talking about it, but um before, before we jumped on, but like, you know, a guy like that who talents have openly spoken about as one of being one of the locker room leaders, been there since like what, 2013 or 2009. Like he, been in developmental for the like he had a he came up with that whole character man and he he tried to make it work and they messed it up and you know did yeah. they whole thing where they had about five different times to get it right and they fucked it up each time and like and they dude was spending him. money out his own pocket to try to spend money out his out his own pocket trying to make it work and that's you know but but with just wwe when you look at like i the, i think that just goes to show that unless you're the upper echelon you are expandable and they will let you yeah. go and they don't need you and they they treat talents like they're just spoken to will and whenever whenever something goes wrong they clip you and put on another one and that's just that's just what it is so if i'm if if i'm a talent man in there like you gotta treat it or go, go about it as if the thought process that you would get released any day and just right. try to make yeah. as much money as you can yep. try to get as much tv time as you can grow your brand you know try to get into other ventures you know that you can try to get into without you know having the quote unquote, I guess, go through them because, you know, it's, it's on the record that they had opportunities from people like we've heard, you know, CM Punk bring it up. Like they, you know, they, they like have people reach out for movies and stuff like that. And WWE are like foil that to people that they think should get those opportunities. Like that's, Mm -hmm. they, 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 they they do petty shit like that. Like that's just how they operate. Like, but yeah, with with, with them, man, like I I just feel like if you were talented, man, just try to go there and make as much money as you can and get out before they try to ruin your credibility. Right, yeah. It's, like, it's it's a, a, get out. Like, so, but yeah, that, that, a, that, that's all I had to say on it. It's important for the talent to understand that it's WWE's job to protect their own overall brand. Yep. But as a say, at the same time, as a talent, you do kind of have to protect your own individual brand and just make sure that you've got something on the other end of your WWE run, because it is going to come to an end, yeah. especially <laughs> like the way it's looking now. So what yeah, you're saying sure. is Vince McMahon is Otis Williams in the Temptations movie. Yeah, the exactly. Temptations are starting to break up. David Ruffin won his own thing. Eddie Kendricks won his own thing. And then you got that one scene, Andrew. When, when, when Otis looks at everybody, he's like, ain't nobody bigger than the group, man. That's mm-hmm. Vince. He's just like, ain't nobody bigger than the WWE, man. That, yeah. that, that, that's the spot. Ain't on nobody Vincent coming man. to see you, Bray. Spot on Vincent Man impression right there, man. But uh, before we wrap it up, uh, one last, last story, news item. Quick, 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 quick go around just for everybody. Uh, Kiera Hogan is uh, no longer with Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. She is a part of the company, and I'm pretty sure her uh, her final segment is going to pop up over the next two weeks or something like that. She is uh uh, uh, splitting from Tasha Steels. I think she's going to get ambushed. I'm not going to spoil anybody and tell you who ambushed her. If you want to go see that, you can go check it out online. But I think you'll enjoy who is going to uh, be replacing her uh, as far as teaming with Tasha Steels. But uh, Kiera Hogan, man, um, any thoughts on what she could be? I think she could be a solid addition to AEW's women's division. Like they need somebody in, in that division. Like they, they, they have a good division. It's just like they don't like really, like it seems like all the momentum is on the men's side right now, especially like with the Porter Sanders and stuff like that. It's like there's no, 
like that it's like that same amount of amp and and, and hype for the, the the women's division even though they do have a they do have a solid division like they they do like and yeah. i think kira ho gonna be an asset uh there if she chooses to go there yeah i think kira hogan is an excellent performer and she's really young. Like, I don't even think she, I think she's 26, 27. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's still super young in the prime of her career. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the game of, like, everybody that's released. How will they fit in the AW? Because, yeah. like, there's going to be a saturation point where they can't take everybody. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try to think outside the box and throw out some other alternatives. Because uh, I think she might fit in ROH, who is trying to bolster their women's division. Or uh, uh, the NWA. You know, we, we got this uh, big invitational coming oh, through. Yeah. Like, I think Kara Hogan is somebody like, obviously, she would fit in AEW and be a good addition to the roster. But if that's not what she wants to do, or if that's not something that AEW is looking for in terms of adding to that roster, I think she could be a great fit in the NWA. And then, you know, I think her and uh, Tasha, uh, shout out to Tasha Steeles, who was the. Uh, the judge in the in the trial of Faye Jackson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like I think her and Tasha had a great little team up in in an Impact, and so yeah, like I think I wish her nothing but the best, man, because I think she's got a lot of talent, got a lot of personality, and uh, you know I think the sky's the limit for her. Yeah, I love Kara Hogan. Um, I think she's she the not... only Hogan we we co-sign on this program, Chris. Right, talent. yeah, talent. Uh, but uh, she's um, I I. In her case, I think her going to AEW wouldn't necessarily be in oversaturation because they mm-hmm. do need quality women. And they've and let's give AEW props from when they first started in 2019 to now, their women's division has gotten exponentially better. Um but I think they still have some missing pieces. You know, I'm not seeing swole as much as I used to. I want to yeah, see we need more big swole. Um, and I want to see, um, you know, once once they let they let um, what's 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 our girl's name? Why am I blanking? Um, the girl with the agent and stuff. I'm blanking. Jay Cargill. Jay Cargill. She she's gonna. She's gonna hear this, and I'm gonna get cussed out. Uh, but, <laughs> Jade, yeah, Jade. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to see Jade and never see Swole. You know what I'm saying? I want to see mm. both of them on TV at the same time. Um, red Velvet. Red, yeah, Red Velvet. You know, wrestling maybe other people on the roster or each other. I'm, I'm looking forward. I mean, to, to, again, to be fair, you got to win your conference games, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, I, I look, man. I, I AEW is going to get the benefit of the doubt for yeah. from me for their first five years of existence. So this is their second year. <laughs> so you you just extending the point blank, carte blanche for the next yeah. five years. Yeah, because they they haven't done anything to not um, get the the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they started off with black excellence with uh, Scorpio Sky, and then it just kind of tapered down mm-hmm. um and i think uh addition like cm punk is gonna be good because he's actively named like i want to work with uh will hobbs mm-hmm. that's gonna be a good uh mentor for someone like a hobbs to have someone that's actually saying yo i want to work with you i want to work with this guy right. i think that's gonna help him out 
So with Kara Hogan, um, I, I definitely think she could go anywhere. She could go to NWA. Um, she could probably uh, find her way in WWE. I think no, going no, to WWE. No, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying no because she's not talented enough to be in WWE. I'm just saying no. Like, like don't put that on our system, man. Like, if, well, she, if, if she, she want to go there for a few months, get a check, I'm all for it. But they don't like, – they, they they have enough trouble trying to book the black women they already got, Chris. Right, yes. I think she I think she needs to go to AEW. I think AEW mm-hmm. is a good fit um, because she needs to be on a grand stage. There you she, go. She's graduated from Impact. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's done her time. She's paid her dues. She needs to be on a national platform where she yeah. can learn and grow even more. And, and, and we, Brother Nate, Chris and myself paid our dues for giving you 50 minutes of audio on this Nubian news update. And brother Nate, of course, we're going to let you sign us off. That's that's what's up, Andrew. And it might end up being like 45 after I get you edited. (laughs) 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 But, but, you know, talking about Kira Hogan, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, somebody who, who might've had a hand Andrew, in training. Kara Hogan and bringing her to the place where she is today, and that is, of course, the one and only Mr. Hughes. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you take some time real quick, brother, and let the people know where, where what you got going on in these busy times, man. Yeah, they, they can go check out the Mr. Hughes interview over on the Andrew Thompson Interviews YouTube channel and written version over at the Post Wrestling site. Mr. Hughes a good, real, real good dude. Like uh, I, I remember when I was uh, kicking it with him at the convention, he, he was rapping to me for a little bit, just, you know, catching me up about you know, what he was doing and, it, you know, his days in the business and stuff like that. And I, I helped him operate Twitter. So that was cool. That, I helped, helped, him, helped him figure out how to use the device. So, 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 so that was cool, man. But yeah, everybody go check that out. Yeah. As they mentioned, he, uh, Trey here, Hogan trained Apollo Cruz, he Slater, mm-hmm. you know, he trained, he trained a bunch of people, man. So yeah, go, uh, go, go, go check that out and go, go sub to the channel, man. Most definitely like low key, man. Like this dude that trained a lot of people that, uh, but 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 for whatever reason he not getting you know hyped up as one of these yeah. good trainers that you hear on some of these other yeah. shows yeah. and whatnot. So yeah. you know, we, that, we gonna hype him up. AEW's on the come up. Kira Hogan on the yeah. come up. Mr. Hughes and them on the come up. Big E, Mr. Money in the Bank is on the come up, and of course Andrew Thompson, our nephew, the youngest in charge, is on the come up because he just gave you the news. Andrew, appreciate you, brother. We'll check you out next month here on the NWA podcast. Peace. All right, so let me give a shout-out once again, Chris, to the youngest in charge, our nephew, the hardest-working man in the news business right now, Andrew Thompson. He brought us the news, and now, Chris, we're going to transition from news to views because this is our panel segment of the program where we're going to sit down with a couple of friends and, and talk about what's on our mind this month in the world of professional wrestling. And this month, Chris, we have two guests making their first appearance on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates. I, I guess, though, technically, our first guest has been here the whole time. Like like, like, like Agatha Harkness has been Righteous Reg all along, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Because <laughs> this man, you hear him every month on the show. He's provided us with, with an amazing theme song. Like, there are people out there that hate what me and Chris do on the show, <laughs> but love the theme song. That's how great the theme song is. So let me yes. bring in... Reg, he's a rapper, a beat maker, a writer for PWI, and the creator 
of the BW500, Righteous Reg in the building. What's good, family? Hey, thank y'all for having me. Thanks for having my theme song. That's amazing to hear. It's a great, it's just great to be here, man. I love talking black wrestling with some black wrestling leaders out here in this wrestling space. I appreciate y'all. Uh, we appreciate you, brother. Like, literally, literally uh, there's an actual comment, and one of these days, uh, like, here's the thing, because I think Chris is much more in tune with what people say about the show than I am. Because once, once I I'm, I drop the show, like it's out there, it belongs to the it belongs to the universe now. It belongs right. to the streets now. But Chris is out there on those streets, seeing what people got to say. <laughs> and I think there was a comment after the first episode where somebody was like, "Why, why does Nate always have to make everything?" about black people i i hate when he does that but i really love that song that song slaps <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious uh, yeah so so reds is the most over part of this show but yes. let's bring in let's bring in our other guest this week uh somebody that that fans of the kings of sport will be familiar with as he's become a a recurring guest on that program uh but he is the co-host of wrestling daily on Wrestle Talk, Smack Talk on Sports Keto Wrestling, and his the, he is the creator of True Heel Heat, this wrestling YouTube channel that y'all all need to check out because uh, the brother has some opinions. Uh, some of them not always correct, but he got opinions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, let me bring in uh, to the program Sid, a.k.a. SP3 in the building. Sid, what's good, fam? Uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Thank you for having me here. I am very uh, happy and proud and honored to be a part of this panel, meeting a whole bunch of, you know, great individuals who talk about professional wrestling, who are also African-American, and my, my brother, Nate, who's still a little salty that I was the only one on King of Sports that <laughs> predicted the Bucks to win, so... i'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit because this this is how black this episode of the nubian wrestling advocates is gonna be not only do we have uh you know these great guests on with us this week chris but in the background and this is not uh you know advertisement for pluto tv because they're not sponsoring the show they're not sponsoring post wrestling uh they ain't never sent us any type of financial aid chris but you know from time to time when i get tired of watching the news when i get tired of watching ESPN or Fox Sports, I put on Pluto TV, and they have like all these different channels, like yeah. boxing and MMA, and like Impact Wrestling got a channel on Pluto. Yeah, I watched channel. the uh, Three's Company channel and the uh, Family Ties channel. Those yeah. are my channels. As 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 you should. <laughs> then they have a channel just called Pro Wrestling. Right. And it's this weird hodgepodge. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, like one, I love that. One show. hour a day, it might be gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Next hour a day, it might be beyond. Next hour after that, it might be a documentary on Jungle Boy. After that, it might be a Tiger Mask cartoon. You never know what's on the Pro Wrestling Channel. And right now, fellas, just came on. The Urban Wrestling Federation. So uh, this is oh, yes. yeah. Uncle yes. Murder and them shooting. Uncle Murder, they yeah. shooting on the mic, they shooting yeah. in these streets. So uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I feel like this is gonna be extra newbie in today, fellas. Right. But, um, <laughs> I don't wanna waste anybody's time, Chris, because we got a lot of topics to get into, man. Like it's been a busy news week as we talked about off the top with Andrew. So uh Without any further ado, Professor, why don't you get us started and let us know what our first topic for this week is, man. All right. So the first topic is how you get fired on your day off, Craig. <laughs> uh, we, 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 yeah, we got to 
dissect this and analyze and talk about it. Yes, about these wrestlers from the WWE. Like, you know, this is not new, fellas, you know, in terms of the releases. But I think just the... The way that this this recent round of WWE releases came so quickly on the heels of this uh, earnings report where they talking about we made all this money, we were doing record profits and whatnot in the middle of a pandemic, but also like the names involved, particularly Bray Wyatt is a name that caught a lot of people off guard, I guess. So let's start with you, SP3, because I know you, you got some thoughts on this, brother. What, what did you make of the latest round of releases from, from the Fed, and what do you think the ramifications are going to be going forward for the business as a whole? Um, I think that overall, this year of releases is really telling and really uh, an eye-opener for a lot of different you know, guys that are under contract, whether it be in NXT, whether they're like mid Carters on Raw and SmackDown. And Bray Wyatt is the one that really stands out the most because this is a guy, regardless of whoever knows how much he was getting paid, he was, he had value. He was a merch mover, whether it was the Fiend mask. I wear one of the Fiend masks. If I'm going outside, I need to go to the store, get my baby some milk or something. I'm wearing a Fiend mask because I don't want people to bother me. So I wear that Fiend mask, and it it, it lets people know I don't want to be bothered. Leave me the hell alone. So I love the Fiend mask when I'm outside trying to protect myself, and that's a merch mover. The belt that he had for the Universal Championship, that's a merch mover. He was so influential as a creative mind that they gave his gimmick to somebody else to sell Mm. merch for that person. And the Lily shirts are are selling like hotcakes on WWE Shop. Like, this is – it's crazy easy to think that he was somebody that they said, you know, we're going to make budget cuts and he doesn't, you know, meet our investment. He was someone that was making them good money. He was someone that, you know, had so so many character evolutions. So I think that if you're someone like in NXT, that's like, oh, I can't wait to get to the main roster to really make money. You're kind of looking at it like, hmm. Do I really want to go to the main roster? Because even if I'm making good money, even if I'm making the company good money, I could be chopped off uh, the the next day because they don't. They want to stay as far away from the red as possible. Nick Khan has more power than anyone in WWE has had in quite some time, and I know that Triple H is probably giving him the side eye with some of the moves that he's making. But at the end of the day, I would say that this is going to be. Really, it's going to have ramifications for like the next year, and we've already mm. hearing of some of the ramifications for like the releases in June with Tyler Breeze and Fandango and them for Adam Cole. Adam Cole is really good friends with Tyler Breeze, and you know he could have re-signed his contract when it expired around Great American Bash, but he just extended it a couple of weeks so he can put over one of his good friends. Kyle O'Reilly, and then we don't know what he's going to do after SummerSlam. So we're already seeing that people are thinking twice about the moves to the main roster. So I think that the releases overall, it's just you're just going to see it. It's going to be something that we're going to be talking about for like the next six to eight months. Mm. And and Reg, I think, you know, again, going back to uh, the Urban Wrestling Federation, which is in the on the background right now, as Black G's just said to Homicide, I got options, man. (laughs) <laughs> I think we're, we're now living in a world where AW 
is a viable thing where coming out on out of this pandemic, I mean, we're still in the pandemic and we will still be here for a while because people ain't putting on a fiend masks. But uh, I think that there's more options, man, for, for, for these performers and for the talent out there. And so when, when you heard this news, like when you saw the latest round of, of folks getting cut, man, what, what did you think about this? Um, I think it shows that no one's safe. I think there used to be a time where these releases happened and there was a lot of guys that some guys aren't, hadn't been on TV for a year. Some guys yep. are out. Some guys are mid-car. Some guys are just not high on the totem pole. Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman are at the top of the totem pole mm. and they were released. And that sets a dangerous precedent for these wrestlers that are there because now they just know there's zero drop security. There used to be like, ah, oh, you know, if I go out there and I do my best and I do this, I sell some shirts, I sell some merch, I'm going to be safe. No, you're not safe. You could be dropped tomorrow without any explanation. And it's crazy because you would think, just like you said, there's options. Does WWE, is WWE thinking about that? Like, AEW is going to want, like, most of the guys you're releasing because you're releasing some really talented people. You're not just releasing yeah. scrubs. You're releasing, like, some top talent guys. If they're put in different settings and given the ball to run, they're going to run. WWE, if Bray Wyatt is given the ball somewhere, he's going to be even a bigger star than he was in WWE because they, they had handcuffs on him, essentially. Mm. It's... All these releases have been crazy, starting with Samoa Joe, even though he's back now. But when Samoa Joe was released, I was I didn't I was confused about what's going on. And now yeah. I really know what's going on. They just don't care about these wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I think this leads perfectly into something that you've always talked about, Chris, and I think we talked about it a little bit uh earlier in the year, you know, around the Zelina Vega situation in terms of what, what type of power do the performers have? What type of rights do these performers have? So so when, when you see somebody like Bray Wyatt, and, and I'll be honest, Chris, like a lot of the stuff with Bray to me was hit or miss, like, and this is no shade on Bray, because I think he did the best that he could given that situation, like Reg said, where you've, you've got control, but you ain't got total control, you know? Uh, but but I, I think that if Bray can get it, anybody can get it as – uh, Red said, "Nobody's safe." So, what did you, what did you make of the releases, Chris? And what what are the recourses for these performers, man? Like, what 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 would you advise them to do with your prof- professorial uh, intellect, brother? Uh, so, the first thing that I have to say, and I'm going to say this every time someone gets released from WWE, Vince McMahon is not your friend. Um, he just ain't. Uh, I think a lot of these wrestlers, when I hear them talk in interviews, they they gush over McMahon like they've got some kind of personal relationship with him. You don't. Um, he's not your friend. Uh, he, he, he's going to always do what he thinks is best for his bottom line. Um, Nick Khan... Um, used to be a Hollywood super agent. Um, he's got a, a successful track record. Um, so you would hope that he knows what he's doing with these releases, but it just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Bray Wyatt was somebody that you know I first discovered in NXT. Like I knew of Husky Harris. I knew of all the other funny gimmicks he had in FCW. 
But when he was Bray Wyatt, um, the NXT run, I absolutely loved it. Um, when he was coming out with uh, Eli Cottonwood mm-hmm. um, and all that, and he was he, like his, it was like a he, he was like he reminded me of Max Caddy of uh, who Robert De Niro played in Cape Fear. Yeah, well, I was just gonna yeah. say like he, then, there's a direct it, line from De Niro and Cape Fear to Waylon yeah. Mercy, yeah, to yep. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, you you got this kind of deliverance vibe from him. Like where if you were ever in the woods and you ran into the Wyatt family, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you just know something bad could happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he's, like, like they're not going to kill us. He's not going to kill you, but you might, you know, I'm not going to go into details. It's not going to be a pleasant evening. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And uh, and I thought that character had this believability to him mm-hmm. that Bray Wyatt bought to it. And even when he his uh, their initial run on the main roster was decent, and then it just slowly degenerated. You know, he ran into the brick wall named John Cena at WrestleMania, and lost it, it made no sense especially during that time you could kind of tell cena was was about to be out you know what i'm right. saying like yeah. that wrestlemania in particular i felt that cena wasn't long for this wwe universe i felt like he had finally because he used to talk all this shit like I'm here for WWE and you know just <laughs> just just shit that like nobody. What, what did Chris Rock always say? Chris Rock's famous line about marriage: "A man is as faithful as his options." Exactly. John Cena is as faithful to the WWE yeah, as his options. Like right. it's it's like yeah, like the nobody's offering you rock money to do movies. If that happened, I'm sure you'll be on the first thing smoking is what I used to say. And we, he just became a character actor, not even a leading man. And he was on the the first thing smoking <laughs> out of WWE. And I don't blame him. Like you, you like working a WWE schedule or a Hollywood movie schedule. It, mm. it, you, you sound stupid. If you, if you pick WWE, over making movies and getting paid five, $10 million a movie. And he's now about to be on this um, Peacemaker show on HBO Max, yep. which I think yep. is going to be, if it's not a big hit, I think it's going to at least be a modest hit. So um, with what's going on with, with these firings is I think a lot of wrestlers, they just need to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. They need to believe in their ability and they need to have some kind of autonomy and agency over their own careers. Cause I think what happens with these guys is they have this WWE tunnel vision where they're like, Oh, I'm going to be in WWE. And you, and that's just not an organization uh, that's going to do right by you. Given if the, uh, if the other choice is making money. It just is what it is. Mm. Um, so you need to be, um, if if they offer um, some classes at full sale, um, 
you need to be taking those classes. You need to be <laughs> you need to be learning some other skill, some other discernible skill that's going to make you a lot of money. You need to do what Double J Jeff Jarrett originally said he was going to do with the WWE. He said he's going to use the WWE to get to the top of Nashville or whatever. <laughs> the wrestlers need to use WWE to get to the top of whatever other thing they got going on. And that's just what I feel yeah. about it. Cause I feel bad when I hear about these firings, I never liked Braun Strowman um, as a wrestler or a person, but I, I, um, <laughs> I, he was just, I, I just like when he made that tweet last year about, yeah. you know, these guys, I've been broke. So I understand uh, that feeling, and you know, when so, if you're you're setting up a a GoFundMe, and you got this motherfucker making fun of you for the GoFundMe, uh, or saying save money better, let's shut the fuck up, man. Um, <laughs> but I don't like that stuff. But I, at the same time, I don't want him losing his job. That is a right. livelihood. That is how you put food on the table. You're, you're probably he's probably paying his parents' bills and stuff like that. I don't want him getting fired. Uh, Bray Wyatt always seemed like a um, a decent human being. Um, to tie this to uh, Nubian wrestling, he is uh, either dating or married to a Afro Latina, so uh, he's got good taste in women. Agreed. It's bad how he got there, but you know, got right, 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 right. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, he, he did some nefarious stuff. A little, little, little yeah, dirty Mac, a little yeah. dirty Mac. Yeah. Dipped his toe in the chocolate, and he yeah. couldn't get off of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think you're right, though, Chris. Like yeah. to me, if if I'm somebody in the company, right, and I'm not like, because I think there's like very few protected spots, like right. Roman's gold. You know, like I think. Yeah. There's a couple other people in that mix that are gold. But for everybody else, I would look at it like you're saying, Chris, how can I use this company to set myself up for what happens next? How can I make as much money as possible, save as much money as possible, make enough contacts inside and outside of the wrestling business for whatever happens next? Because there's going to be a next. Right. right? Like, I think the thing with the WWE is – they are in they are they're in a weird place right now because this is the first time in decades where they've had legitimate competition. And we're gonna see what that competition does to the product, whether whether we're talking about who starts to get pushed or what acts start to get featured or who gets cut because we're trying to save some money here so we can put it over here so we can compete with Tony Khan and them. So right. I, I think this is not as secure a time to be a WWE performer, Chris, as it might have been, you know, maybe five years ago before AEW was was a thing. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of wrestling pundits talking about, um, you know, that WWE can afford it, and then the next rights get deal, they might get three, four times the amount than they're getting now. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that because the way they're firing people. They might think they're going to get less rights fees um, when the net, when the t- this current TV deal runs out, and maybe they're trying to hoard as much money as they can. Um, it's I don't think it's a 
we look, look how much the TV industry has changed in five years. Yeah. And look how much it's changed in 10 years. Th- there is no guarantee that WWE is going to be hitting the way it used to be. There's no guarantee for anything in the entertainment industry, man. Uh, I'm still crying over Lovecraft Country getting canceled. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's, it's just make other plans. Like, they, I remember they were making fun of uh, Big Papa Pump for um, opening up a um, Shoney's uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia, man. And like, I remember certain wrestlers clowning him. Oh, he's this, the, the Shoney's manager and stuff. I went to that Shoney's. That Shoney's is hitting in Atlanta. They serve, that's the only Shoney's in, Al- in Atlanta I've been to where they got like a full service bar. They serve like drinks and like, damn. beautiful women all over the place. And just, man. I recommend going so, there. Next, so next time there's a big event, whether it's AW or WWE in Atlanta, I'm going to have to be there, Chris. We're going to go to Big Papa Pump Shoney's. Yeah. And, that's why he see said, what's up with them freaks. That's why he said Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holla. Yeah. <laughs> so let's keep talking about, about the WWE, Chris, because this is a big month for them. So uh, what is topic number two for this week, man? All right, so topic number two is our thoughts on the latest round. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Why, that's, why, why that's, that's, I put so much effort into these titles, man, into yeah. these 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 categories, man. you got to read the titles. But I feel like Bray Wyatt, you're not you know, acknowledging my creativity, brother. The nystag- <laughs> I got nystagmus in my eyes. It's the shaky vision. Uh, 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 uh don't the don't be next uh, contestant on that SummerSlam screen. Oh, damn, man. <laughs> so, Thank you, Chris. Anticipation level heading into SummerSlam. Uh, yes. So know, SummerSlam is coming up, fellas. Like, it'll be here before we know it. Uh, taking place out of Vegas. And I wanted to kind of get everybody's thoughts on the card so far. Like, as of right now, we've only got three matches announced uh nikki ash or nikki ash like that's something like i love nikki cross but like the, the naming convention the name the character yeah <laughs> is getting on my nerves uh we got a triple threat with nikki Rhea, and charlotte for the raw women's championship uh roman reigns taking on that man john peacemaker cena for the universal championship and bobby lashley taking on goldberg uh for the wwe championship big meaty man Slapping meat out here. Uh, so, uh, Reg, like what right now, how excited are you for SummerSlam, which is a show that, for my money, like I, there's been a lot of years where I've liked SummerSlam better than Mania. So like, what's, what's your anticipation level for SummerSlam 21? Uh, I'm very excited. Well, first of all, it's because I'm going to be in Las Vegas mm. live. Okay. They're trying not to catch the Delta variant right. with the rest of those 60,000 fans. It should be pretty, pretty insane, I think. I'm super excited. I'm ready to see Bobby Lashley beat that old man up so he doesn't come back. Bobby Lashley beat this old man up so he stops coming back. We don't want to see this anymore. Beat him up back. Um, I'm ready to see Roman do the same thing. I like seeing him having fun, but like, all right, Cena, enough talking, like, let's fight. And Roman's coming to fight. Roman's coming to show that this is his place now. He's probably, 
I'm sure he's happy about Cena there, but he's also like, yo, this is my house now. Like, I want it to be the one to bring us back to these fans. I want it to be the one that got all the limelight. Here comes Cena. And then we got uh, the women's match. They, they've done this match 25 times on Raw on the mm. last pay-per-views. You guys, stop it. Um, I'm pretty excited about the potential matches of uh, uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair rematch. Yeah. And the, um, uh, yeah, that. It's going to be a super dope show. Oh, yeah, sorry. Rollins and Edge is the other match I was thinking of. I'm not a mm. super huge Edge fan, but I think that Rollins is going to get a good match out of him because Rollins works super hard, and it's SummerSlam, and there's going to be a lot of people I think it's going to be a pretty good card, you guys. Yeah. I think if nothing else, SP3, like, the crowd should help elevate this this card because, you know, like Reg is saying, like, there's something, some things on this card that I'm looking forward to, particularly that Cena-Roman match to see how they plot that out. Uh, the women's match should be good bell to bell, but the story is like, why? Like, I'm... I'm tired of this story, man. Like, and again, like I love me some Nikki Cross. Shout out to uh, the 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 uh, white chocolate cheesecake and sports entertainment that she used to be known as. <laughs> but this new character ain't hitting, man. Like, it's just not working for me. At least I'll say, like, there might be somebody out there that enjoys the character. It's just not working for me. And like what they did to her last night on Raw SP3, where like she caught a beat down for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> And then Charlotte slipped on a banana peel and Nikki got the win. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Charlotte fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Like, I'm a huge Nikki Cross fan. I've been a fan of her since she came into WWE with Sanity. I loved her her last woman standing match with Asuka in NXT. That's where I was just like, this, this girl, she's got something. And they can really do something big with her. And I'm all for talent being creative, coming up with their own ideas, for characters, but I totally agree with you guys. This ain't it. From the name to the character to what they've done with her with the whole money in the bank where she just sneaks up behind everybody, wins the money in the bank. Then the next night she needs Rhea Ripley's help to beat Charlotte Flair. Mm -hmm. Then she loses to Charlotte Flair the following week and says, I can almost beat you. I'm (laughs) almost a superhero. And I'm just like, come on, man. And she got a fluke win last night, too. It wasn't even like... <laughs> How is this a baby face? How is right. this, a ba- this fluke champion that che- that basically cheated to get the money in the bank, cheated to get the Raw Women's Championship? <laughs> How am I supposed to cheer for her? How am I supposed to cheer for someone who doesn't even have the confidence to think they, they can beat, they can almost beat somebody and they're taking that as a w like that's not something that i want to cheer for so yeah i'm totally over that but no no lie charlotte flair rhea ripley that i i felt like they had one of the best matches at money in the bank so and i thought they had one of the best matches with oscar at wrestlemania backlash Mm -hmm. so i won't be surprised if this match delivers once the bell rings uh totally like reg i'm looking forward to Roman Reigns beating up Mr. Missionary John Cena. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a day one John Cena fan. Don't get me wrong. But I've been shooting in the gym with Roman Reigns since the Shield days. Even when people were booing him, I was I was there the Raw after WrestleMania 33 when everybody's booing him because he beat The Undertaker. I was over The Undertaker by that point. So I was just like, everybody's saying delete. I was like, no, I select, 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 select. Roman Reigns, select. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would, I'm with the big dog. I, I made up the Roman anthem. Roman, Roman, 
Roman, the big dog, Roman, <laughs> Roman, Roman, he's so strong. I'm with him, and he's killing, killing Cena on the. You had to get you on the track with Reg. <laughs> uh, that collab. I got, I got you, Reg. I'm with you. I'll, I'll be your hype man. <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns been one of the best performers of this whole pandemic era. The Tribal Chief character is one of the best things in wrestling. So I'm ready for him to get that emphatic win on John Cena. He did it in 2017. I'm not going to be surprised when he does it in 2021. Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. It's Goldberg. It's Goldberg at 55. Uh, I'm just like, I'm, I thought I saw this in January with Drew McIntyre. So you expect me to believe the guy that couldn't beat Drew McIntyre is going to beat the dude that Drew McIntyre couldn't beat. I, I'm not with it, WWE. I'm I'm not too a- anticipating that at all. But I really am looking forward to the matches that haven't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, one of the best matches of the year at WrestleMania. I know they're going to deliver again. And I was so happy that, that Sasha got the cheers of coming back. And then she went right back to being, yes. don't trust the boss yep. on, on SmackDown. I was with that 100%. Seth Rollins and, and Edge. I've been liking Edge more with fans there. With the fans, you know, cheering him on, it feels like Edge has that energy back that he didn't have in the Thunderdome era. So I'm, I think that they're going to deliver as well. So like you, uh, Nate, I love me some SummerSlam, and it's going to be very nice to see a SummerSlam in front of a big audience. It's the first mm-hmm. time since SummerSlam 1992 at Wembley Stadium that there's going to be over 40,000 at a SummerSlam. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, uh, Chris. Like I know, you know, you probably got a different opinion, man, because you know you are the the number one uh, Nikki Ash fan in the game. You got your little cape on, right? People can't see it because it's an audio <laughs> audio product right here. This is an audio podcast, but Chris is sitting here with his little mask and cape on right now. So I know you got some thoughts, brother. How, how excited are you for SummerSlam this year? Uh, I think it's gonna be a good show, but I'm not really um, excited about it. It just like I watched for the since we started doing this show um, on post wrestling, I felt it's my duty to like watch full episodes of um, <laughs> Raw and SmackDown. So I did it two weeks in a row with Raw. Last week's episode was horrible. This week's episode was, if this was an AEW episode, it would have been horrible. It's a Raw episode, so it's like middle of the road. You, you got to grade it on a curve. It's the Raw yeah. curve. You know, yeah. I always say that. I always say that when I grade Raw. You grade Raw, it's like, it's like you're in the dumb kids class, yeah. and, and, the, and the smartest kid got a C plus, so you got to grade that on a curve. Right, yeah. So it's like I was watching this show, and it, nothing on this on this episode got me excited for SummerSlam. I see the the goofiest shit I've seen on wrestling in years with um, Drew McIntyre uh, against um, against uh, what's Gender. his name, Gender and his crew, um, and I guess they like gonna hit him with a chair or something. So he he brings out a sword. I guess he's gonna start stabbing motherfuckers. <laughs> like, and it's like, I mean, if you do that kind of shit, you you need to. Look, I'm from the streets. <laughs> I, I'm from the B streets of South Central Los Angeles. I mean, you telling me 
all that time growing up in South Central, Chris, nobody ever pulled out an ancestral sword on you? No, I mean, Angela. If, if they did, if they pulled out an ancestral sword, they plan on using it. Right. And if they didn't use it, they would have something waiting for them the next day or something, right? <laughs> you you just don't do that kind of shit, man. Uh, it's goofy. It, it, it's 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 cartoonish. Um, so I I don't even are they fighting at SummerSlam? Uh, gender and uh probably gender? probably yeah. so probably it, so. It, it was horrible. Uh, and then the uh, stuff with Nikki Ash, she flukes her way into a victory. I'm glad to see that um, Goldberg's son Gage. He's he, he looks like half of a man now. Um, when he was the uh, kid a few years ago, um, he looks like when he grows up, he's going to be uh, a handsome dude that might be able to scrap. Like like <laughs> the the goofy stuff they were doing with that poor kid. Uh, with Goldberg. I'm not gonna lie though, like yeah. it was goofy, Chris, but it was actually like a good way to tell a Goldberg story. Like, yeah, the it reason, was. The reason he came back is for his kid. Like that yeah. worked. In a way that this doesn't like yeah. Goldberg. Goldberg last night's like I'm. I'm always Goldberg. I'm always gonna be Goldberg. Yeah, like like he's a Highlander or something. Like he's immortal. <laughs> yeah, and Lashley's just looking at him like he's stupid. It's, <laughs> they don't, it's like they don't. It's like neither guy really wants to be there. And even the story with his kid, like you said, that what that did make a little bit more sense. But um, I'm I'm sure that the the bag helped with that decision too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. like, oh, I'm here for my kid. You're here for the bag, mm-hmm. and your kid <laughs> is probably a residual positive side effect of that. But um, how many people had to get cut so girl Goldberg got the bag? I know, right? Think, yeah. think hey, about that. Yeah, get get your money, man. I I could honestly see um, Goldberg. Or um, Cena winning. I don't. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think Goldberg's more likely. Yeah, because Goldberg has lost his last few times, um, and um, I don't think they should have. I was. I was always of the belief that he shouldn't have lost to Strowman because I didn't think they had long term plans for Strowman. I thought that um, mm-hmm. that that would be a wasted loss for Goldberg. And I think if, if that loss wasn't on um, Goldberg, if you're going to, if he's going to be around, I hate to say it. Um, the blackness in me hates to say this, but I do think he should probably um, see. He, he should probably win that. Match, oh, I'm about you know? to log off of this converse. Yeah. I'm logging. Here's off. the thing. Here's the thing. Well, what I'm going to do, Chris, in the air. I'm not gonna leave you hanging, Chris. I'm not gonna pull a Randy Orton and hop off the yeah. turn, hop off the ring apron when you're reaching for the tag. I'm gonna say this: <laughs> Goldberg winning works if you play it this way, right? <laughs> like if Goldberg, like, because we've seen like in the in the Brock match, like it's basically they just spamming finishers. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if if Goldberg like you know gets like a, a flash knockout almost on right. Lashley. Uh, where like it was like the match doesn't need really the match doesn't need to be more than five minutes. The like, issue like, the issue is is Goldberg beats Bobby Lashley. They essentially kill two characters. They kill Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre in one well, match. And uh, you the, you just the, can't do that. You can't. Well, here's here's, here's, the, here's the, where I was gonna go. SP three. Uh, the only way I think this works though 
is if Goldberg wins and then you have Big E come out and say he like he's not going to cash in in the moment because he's not a heel, but he's like, Goldberg, you and me tomorrow night, big meaty man slapping meat on Raw. Okay, then I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And then, no, we, okay. get, if, then we get uh, Big E beating Goldberg on Raw for his championship. I'm in. I'm in. I am going to give a little kickback uh, to Bobby Lashley being killed. If that, if that bullshit with his sisters <laughs> didn't kill him, Bobby Lashley is Teflon, man. If him smacking his ass important to it, <laughs> that's, Yo, nothing's going to yes. kill that man. Like, we, forget, we forget how terribly Bobby was booked until this last year. Right, right. He was he was cucking uh, uh, Rusev a year ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, trust. Trust Bobby Lashley been through a lot. He He's a Teflon Don. I hear it. The Teflon Don. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be all right, man. He'll, he'll be all right. Uh, but I, I, do, I, do, I think if, if Lashley buries Goldberg, which is the most likely scenario, I think yes. Goldberg has to go. You can't – I mean – his specialness is lost. They weren't even chanting his name last night. They were right. piping in chants. <laughs> and what was funny about it is when Lashley came out, he got an ovation uh, <laughs> from that Chicago crowd. And then when they're in the ring, they I start hearing these Goldberg chants, and they pan on the audience, and nobody's fucking chanting Goldberg, man. <laughs> at least not, at least don't pan on the audience if you're gonna do that. And then I heard like a faint Bray Wyatt. I think it was Bray Wyatt. Yeah, we Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt. it's like nobody is is fucking with Goldberg like that in 2021. <laughs> right. Um, I, I hate to say it, and I actually I'm actually one of the people that think that Goldberg's second coming when he beat Lesnar and stuff was on par with the stuff he did in WCW. Yeah, that was a great run. Yeah, yeah it, great it was, story. It, and I think that, um, you know, I don't think WWE knows how to leave well enough alone. You know, I think they nope. just, <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> is what it is. Well, here's the thing. Goldberg should be a special attraction. Right. Yeah. But you can't yeah. be a special attraction if we see you every single year around the same time. Right. Yeah, it's not like, special anymore. Like, this ain't Undertaker at WrestleMania. It's like, come on, come on, Bill. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, brother. Like, and, and I'm a Goldberg fan, man. You know what I'm saying? WCW fan from the way back. But there's a way you can incorporate Goldberg into your stories, and I don't think this is the way. It feels very yeah. much like they shoved uh, a square peg into this round hole where – we we need something big for Lashley, and Brock don't want to sign the check apparently. No, uh, don't want to sign the contract <laughs> apparently. Because to me, that's the biggest match you could have made with Lashley is Lashley versus Brock. Yeah. So they're like, what's, next? what's the next step down? What's what's the wish equivalent of of Brock Lesnar in this scenario? <laughs> and it's our boy Goldberg. And I'll never forgive him for ending Bret Hart's career. I've never since two thousand. I've never been a fan, <laughs> and I never will be a fan. I don't blame you at all for that. I'm a big Bret Hart fan as well. I think the biggest problem with Goldberg right now is that this is the third time yes. he came in and right. he's gotten a shot at the top title. 
He did, oh, and right. what he did to the Fiend the first time oh. he did this, he killed the best character in the WWE, yeah. and he did it in Saudi Arabia. That's like that's like uh pissing pissing on the grave. And you a white man, you pissing on Barack Obama's grave. Like you just right. you already pissed yeah. on the grave. You already disrespected somebody. But now you you're disrespecting the first black president. Like you just mm-hmm. you're doubling down on things. And then right. he comes back, he versus Drew McIntyre. Nobody was with that. Nobody yeah. wanted to see that. And Drew, uh, you know, washed him, got him out the way. And now he comes back this third time and he's versing Bobby Lashley. It's just like, get out of here, dude. Like, what right. are you doing? Like it right. was it was our right when he came back and he squashed Dolph Ziggler at, at SummerSlam because it's Dolph Ziggler. Who cares about Dolph Ziggler? Go, yeah. That's the Goldberg that we want to see. Come back, smash somebody real quick. We know you, you, you the Goldberg that had the undefeated streak in WCW. That's great. But don't come in and try to get the top title every single time when you just right. lost your last match. Yeah. Like, why do you deserve another shot? Like, yeah. How is the Nevada State Athletic Commission <laughs> allowing this to go forth? Like, and here's right. the thing, Reg. Like, if you're going to bring Goldberg back, use Goldberg to help people that aren't at the top of the card. Like, Boom. Why, yeah. why have they never gone back to the Goldberg riddle stuff? Like, right. I think that yeah. you, could, you could put that on this SummerSlam card, and that's a fun match. It yeah. is. Riddle has nothing to do. Uh, get somebody that's not the man already to, mm-hmm. even if Goldberg squashes them, them just being in a match with Goldberg is a high profile builder. But no, they want to see him get beat up by Bobby Lashley. So, you know, okay. it is what it is. I think it's exactly that thing. They wanted Lesnar. They couldn't get Lesnar. Like, well, who else could we get? Oh, Goldberg's son wants him to wrestle. Let's get him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He guilty for this one. Just speaking of guilty, Chris, <laughs> what's our next topic, brother? Hope it's not the baby. This isn't a, a hip hop mm. show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think the baby might need some legal advice up here pretty soon. Yeah, he's. he's uh, I'm, we might have to bring him up later. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm out of order. You're 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 out of order. Uh, this whole damn trial is out of order. Uh, we're gonna t- uh, our thoughts on the uh, trial of uh, Faye Jackson and why the black community is often ignored in this business. Yes, yes. So anybody that missed this a couple weeks ago took over Twitter for a night. Dead. The trial of Faye Jackson. Mm-hmm. Faye was being brought up for her very her various crimes on the timeline, being a creep out here. Yep. on these streets and and she was being prosecuted by by the right reverend should d standing up for all that is wholesome we had uh tasha steels we talked about her in the news segment tasha steels as our judge and and many various characters uh in in the industry uh play parts throughout the trial and and here's the thing and we we, we can start with you reg because this is if this ain't, you know, black excellence, I don't know what it is, what it is <laughs> right. man, because this is something that just started online. And, you know, it was funny tweets going back and forth between Suge and Faye. And then all of a sudden we get, you know, Big E roped into this. We get right. Xavier Woods roped into this. We get like Sean Ross Sapp right. roped into this. You know, yeah. we get and then the night of the trial, everybody that I know like that in terms of my wrestling circle on, on Twitter was either listening or they were following via the tweets. And like, for those that didn't check it out that night, 
the stream crashed like three times. Right. And every time it crashed, whenever people went back to fill up the room on uh, Twitter spaces, it was a bigger crowd than the crowd before. And so it just kept gaining momentum, man. You know, we're not going to talk about the, the, the outcome of the trial because I feel like Suge got railroaded. It was a biased <laughs> jury that, that, that acquitted Faye. Uh, but we're not going to get into that. But, but Reg, what did you think of this, man, and, and just kind of this celebration of just black creativity uh, in, in the wrestling business that night? I think it's great. Uh, we, um, we as Black Wrestling Twitter love to engage in various topics online. And so for us to have to start creating these spaces where we can all come together, have fun, do our thing, and more likely shine light on the people that need to be that have the light shined on them, like Faye Jackson retired from the wrestling business a few months ago um, due to injury and due to some other things, but to still have her in this space and still to keep her name going and have all these black wrestling creatives in the same space is amazing. You know, we um, we're pretty tight knit Nick group already, and we already engage in a, in a bunch of things, but to see the rest of the, the community, be involved and get in there. And there's some people that were upset about the trial and upset that they created these spaces, but we just have to keep doing things like that in order to continue to get our names out there, to get these black wrestlers names out there, to get these spaces out there, because we don't, we still in this 2021 don't have enough. We still aren't getting enough Mm -hmm. shine. There's still our wrestling shows without black wrestlers on it. Mm -hmm. There's still wrestling spaces without black black wrestling fans in them. There's so much that still needs to be done. And so if we have things like this, um, there's other spaces that have happened, other trials that have happened, other times that we've came together, we just have to continue to do it in order for us to, to get up there, you know, to get up there with the Meltzers and get up there with the Sean Ross Saps and get up there with all these other media wrestling, which is occupied by the white man. I'm sorry to say, but that's what it is. We're trying to invade those spaces. And this is the way that we get there. Again, you know, something that I will always give uh john pollock and way Ting credit for man like the fact that we even have a show like this on post wrestling and then you know (laughs) them being generous with the platform i always give them props for that but sp3 this is crazy man because like i i just just the amount of people that that got roped into this like d-lo brown came through for the trial you know what i mean like just various people in the wrestling business not all of them black like you can go back Unfortunately, you can't go back because that's how spaces work. But like, <laughs> if you were there that night, you saw like a lot of different people from a lot of different companies because uh, it happened on a Wednesday. So it was the night of uh, Dynamite and Big Swole was Faye Jackson's defense attorney. And so like there's people on the AEW roster that are tuning in to this trial, like Kobe Kingston, Xavier Woods are tuning into the trial. Big E, unfortunately, didn't make it because I think if Big E had showed up, that would have swung the trial in favor of Suge. That's the character right. witness right That's there. That's the character witness that we needed. Uh, but, but again, like, and I do want to give credit to uh, our brother Seahawk because none of this would have been possible without the trial of Seahawk that set it all off. Right. The, the, the milkman walked so that the rest of us could fly. Uh, so shout out to that brother Cam. But, but SP3, when you look at this, man, and just the amount of fun and joy that, that happened that night, it's it's crazy to me that so many of these people that could do something creative like this aren't allowed to show that creativity in the business that they're in. Like, why aren't there more, 
you know, like 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 uh, Reg was saying, like Faye's retired, but damn it, if like Faye could be a uh, you know uh, an agent for somebody, yeah, you know, Faye could well, be creating well. things in in this industry right now. So like, why why aren't uh, the these uh, folks being allowed to showcase this creativity that we saw on Twitter on TV? It's, it's not enough people is giving them the opportunity. And, you know, I, I, I like stuff like this. Like, I am so happy that, you know, this type of creativity, this type of humor, this type of like joy and fun is out there because they had to push it and make it be out there. Like, like Reg, like I, I'm sure that he made his way to, you know, being a writer for PWI mm-hmm. and, you know, creating, creating, uh, you know, the, the BW five, Hundred, he had to make his way there. Yep, me, right. me on me on Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk just put put out a, a tweet. Hey, we are looking for a co-host for our podcast, and I had to. I, I DM Luke Owen and Ollie Davis, and I was like, Hey, I'm out here. I'm doing a podcast every <laughs> single week. Put me on. Put me on, and that got my foot in the door. I had to hit up. I hit up Alex McCarthy to just do an interview on my YouTube channel, and then from there, he was like, Yo, I got my. I'm getting my own show with Wrestle Talk. You want to be on there? We got to make our way to make these things. Unfortunately, it's still like that. Even in 2000. 2021 we're not you know just given the opportunity because we are talented because we are working hard at it we got to put ourselves out there and make it happen and that's what they did with this whole trial they put their creativity to the forefront and it got everybody's attention because once we're once we got our foot in the door we ain't leaving we we open up shop we Mm -hmm. we put our clothes in the drawers and we ain't leaving because we make a statement and we make a make ourselves be known so we just need need more of that we need to get our foot in the door all we need is a crack open like you guys made this podcast happen oh you know john and the guys at post wrestling give you the opportunity but if you guys weren't working hard and putting the content out there there would not be a nwa you know podcast you guys made it happen and that's what we need from everybody in the black you know wrestling twitter uh content creators rappers whatever you're doing you just got to make it happen even though it's 2021 and we feel like we should be, you know, given opportunities, we got to make our opportunities at the end of the day. So I love, you know, being in contents and forums like this panel here because it opens the door for other people that are doing the same thing that we're doing. And they're going to be like, hey, I'm listening to this. Let me put myself out there. Let me make my own opportunity. That's what we got to keep doing. Yeah. And another thing uh, along those lines, SP3, I think, we got to amplify each other yes, because yep. if we don't do that, nobody else is going to do it for us. So, you know, that's why I want to have people like Reg on, SP3, a rich fan, you know, a brother from the torch. I want to have rich yeah. fan yeah. as much as possible. You know, uh, uh, Cam has an open invitation to the, the <laughs> NWA podcast. Uh, Sierra Reed, like wherever Sierra Reed is, like Sierra Reed has an invitation to come on here and talk and give her perspective as a black woman in this space. And, yeah. and we are, you know, going to be looking to talk to, uh, performers in future installments of this podcast because there's stories that need to be told. You know, there's stories that need to be acknowledged. And so that's part of the reason why we started this show. Uh, but I, I, I want I to hear from Chris here because, you know, Chris, if anybody knows about that Creep Squad lifestyle, 
about getting these thrills on these streets. It's my man, the professor, Chris. So I'm, I'm sure you were happy. Like, like Chris celebrated when Faye was acquitted like he did back in the 90s when they let the juice loose. So Chris, <laughs> what, what did you think about the trial and just kind of this black creativity, man? And, and we've seen, like, for the last couple of years, uh, you know, whether you're talking about For the Culture or Black Wrestlers yeah. Matter or stuff like the trial, like, like what did you think about it? Well, we decided to get into this wrestling space um, because we wanted to help um, control narratives of mm. black performers, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the whole reason why we do this show because, like, and, and these are people that I consider allies. I love Dave Meltzer. Um, I love everyone in this space, but the ACH story in particular mm-hmm. was um, really tough for me to listen to wrestling punditry on that because I don't yep. think that brother got the fairest shake. Um, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face. You know, he, he was complaining. He got, they gave him that teethy fucking shirt with yep. a smile and it was goofy. No thought went into it whatsoever. And this this was his breaking point. This was his when keeping it real goes wrong moment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and I'm hearing, oh, this guy's got mental problems and he needs help. And I'm here, and this is not even from like obscure dumbass YouTubers who you know sleep in their mom's basement and stuff like that. These are credible people in that space that I respect who were controlling the narrative in that way. And I'm like, hold, hold on a second, man. We got to reel this back in. And I'm not even like saying, Oh, ACH was a hundred percent right, but we don't need to jump on this guy for his mental case and stuff like that, or for thinking he's mental and all this other nonsense. So um, when you see the stuff, uh on twitter you know you see these uh these creative through lines that these brothers and sisters have it's it's definitely refreshing man one of the crazy things to me because i i I know where you're going with this one of the crazy things to me is and both uh faye and sugar have mentioned this because like this creep squad versus wholesome gang thing has been a thing on twitter for like a year and a half two years almost at this point and They actually pitched the idea of doing a Creep Squad versus Wholesome Gang show to a lot of these indie promoters, you know, where you'd see Suge and Faye and, and, and like talent like, uh, you know, Lee Moriarty uh, and, and uh, AJ Gray uh, and, uh, you know, some of these other cats, uh, men and women that are involved in this whole beef. And they were like, mm, nobody's going to want to see that. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like the right. trial of Faye Jackson, I think it was a hashtag Faye trial, was trending mm-hmm. that night because people were interested in these characters. People were interested in this story. And so like that that to me is like I don't I don't get it, Reg. Because I here's the thing. Uh, you know, as as I've been a black man my whole life. Like it's kinda yep. like the old the, the old uh, Doug Williams question before the Super Bowl, like, how long have you been a black quarterback my whole life? Um, <laughs> It's, it's like, so I know, like, I know there are spaces in corporate America that don't want me, but if I can find a way to make them a buck, they'll tolerate me. Definitely. And so the yep. fact that you got this ready-made show with Suge and Faye, Creep Squad, Wholesome Gang, like, 
Nobody wanted that. Like, that's crazy to me because that's money you leave it on the table. Right, yeah, because I think that's how people expect these shows to do nothing. So when we had shows like the Black Wrestlers Matter and the mm. For the Culture shows and they do exceptionally well, the promoters are surprised about it. They don't think that people want to see a crowd full of, I mean, a show full of black wrestlers, but like, yes, we're black wrestling fans. Of course we want to see that. And they're just so afraid also for somebody else having an idea that's not there. So if they present an idea of a creep squad versus, versus wholesome, they didn't come up with that. So of course they're not going to want to put it on. It's just unfortunate. We have to create all these moments and invented in spaces ourselves. That's why the shows that we have ourselves hit so hard, so much Mm. harder is because we have to do it ourselves. And it's like, um, even with WWE and like the black excellence they got going on right now, it took a worldwide pandemic (laughs) (laughs) and the whole world shut down for them to finally start like, you know, treating some of these uh, blacks with a degree of dignity, you know what I'm saying? Because it it wasn't happening. It just wasn't, you know, even Kofi, they they gave them that title run, and by the end of it, they were like, "Okay, this and title it, it, like the, nothing." Like, hold on, let's let's stay here for a second, Chris, because again, I think you're hitting on something. Elevating blackness or elevating, you know, BIPOC performers always tends to be a last resort right. for a lot of these companies. And when you go back and look at Kofi Mania, like to me, to this day, that is still a top five all time WrestleMania moment. Yes. yes, but it doesn't happen unless you get a an injury, and b like the fans pushed it and pushed right. it, Dragging them and to pushed it. it, and then <laughs> c you had somebody like Daniel Bryan who was in a position like he was in a position where he could have been like, "No, nah, no, nah, we good, we don't need to do this." Right. But that yeah. word that you used earlier, that ally, he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna put Kofi on because he's earned this moment." And because the exact same moment, the exact same thing happened to him. Exactly. WWE didn't want him to be world champion. They didn't want him to be in a high spot, but the crowd was like, no, this is our guy. We want him to be champion. And then he had his WrestleMania moment the exact same way. That's why he was an ally because he knows, yo, Mm. we have to, if somebody doesn't go to bat for, for us, no one will, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's the fact that you know I, even when you know with the whole Daniel O'Brien's uh, headlines that we're hearing now, people are coming at him like, "Oh, WWE gave you so much. WWE gave you the title <laughs> ring, gave your family a reality show." It's like, man, did did you live through this? Did right. you hear? Yeah. No, like, and, 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 and this is to this, and that's the same thing with with Kofi. Like Kofi yeah. was there for eleven years. Yep. For eleven years, he was put in in that work. For eleven years, he was ha- he was having some of the best matches on the show with the new day for five years he was one mm-hmm. of the top merch movers right. and they could have done something big e and xavier were pushing for that for like two three years like kofi needs something kofi needs to be the champion kofi needs to get a run and if yep. he didn't have that ally in daniel bryan if he didn't have the fans dragging them to it and making them be like no this is what we want give us what we want 
and it, it would have never happened. So like, right. like I said before, we got to make the opportunity. And that's what Kofi Kingston did. And if if it wasn't for, I, I just got to perk praise because we talking about the pandemic and WWE doing black excellence. We wouldn't get there if it wasn't for Uncle P, MVP. Everybody on. He changed Bobby Lashley's career. Yep. He changed Apollo Crews' career. Yeah, Apollo yep. Crews was just in the mid card, having 20 minute matches with Aleister Black on the Raw after WrestleMania. Mania in an empty arena, and then he he feuds with Uncle P, and now he's the Intercontinental Champion. You mm-hmm. Ricochet got opportunities. Cedric Alexander got put on. They ruined that, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. And, and Shelton Benjamin finally got got the attention that he deserved all those years ago, and they ruined that as well. But they will always keep doing that to us, and that's why we always got to keep making our own opportunity. And yep. I think I think wrestlers have to do a better job of. Um, talk of big up in themselves because right. yeah. like this this dumbass fan narrative that oh with Daniel Bryan WWE gave you so much they didn't give that motherfucker no. a thing right. Daniel Bryan worked in mm-hmm. that company he provided a service mm-hmm. service rendered and he got compensated for it yep. and yep. as much money as Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston made off of their runs. WWE made thir- three times, four times, five <laughs> times more money, okay? But they weren't given anything. When you provide a service and you fulfill that service, that's called a fucking job. Nobody is getting – that's a symbiotic relation. Nobody is given anything. It's a reciprocal exchange of um, service versus – compensation for service so we 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 gotta stop that bullshit daniel bryan did wasn't given his fucking wife and he found his wife in a mutual workspace right <laughs> yes if he if he was working at the post office and he liked the woman there he would have gotten <laughs> daniel bryan is a capable dude i'm sure he he would get girls regardless so let's let's stop this nonsense yeah like Daniel wasn't giving anything. Kobe wasn't giving anything. The only person, Chris, that was given something undeserving was Sister Faye Jackson with that verdict. <laughs> we, yeah. we, ain't never, we ain't never gonna forget Faye. We love you, but we ain't gonna forget the, the, the injustice that was perpetrated. But but big up to Faye and and Suge and everybody that was involved with that because you know it, it, it. Again, in the midst of like all the craziness in the world, that was a really fun night. And again, just goes to show you how much creativity is in this community is in this culture. And it's it, all it needs is an opportunity. All it needs is a place to, to grow. And, you know, we, we got that uh, on Twitter, but we're going to wrap things up this month, fellas, with our listener question, our ask an advocate segment. And Chris, we got, we got a really good question that you alluded to just a little while ago. Uh, And if you want to, Send us questions or feedback on the show. You can do that at the Post Wrestling Forum and also uh, through our email uh, address, which I'll let you know at the end of the show because I don't have it on hand right now. Uh, But, Chris, our listener question this month comes from Contrasoma. I'd be keen to hear your perspective on Scorpio Sky's recent comments regarding racial coding in terms of commentary and general descriptions of black wrestlers especially given your expertise in more mainstream sports where this issue has been openly discussed 
for a while now. So for those that don't know, uh, a few months ago, I believe back in June, uh, yeah, back in June, Scorpio Sky uh, did an interview and he talked about a number of different things. But one of the things Scorpio spoke on was the great athlete label that gets put on a lot of black performers and how on the one hand, it could be seen as complimentary. On the other hand, it also can be, you know, putting somebody in a box. So uh, let's, let's start with you, Reg. Like, what are your thoughts on Sky's comments? And do you feel like, you know, when, when somebody talks about, oh, the, the natural athleticism and mm-hmm. he's such a great athlete or she's such a, a, a phenomenal athlete, does that limit what, what these performers can be? Yes, I think it all ultimately comes down to the commentators. That's where I'm going to take this where it is, because Mm -hmm. most of the commentators are old dudes that are out of the loop of anything that's cool, anything that's anything. They don't know how if a wrestler comes, if a black wrestler comes with a different gimmick than what they're presented, they don't know what it is. So the first thing they're going to go to is the athletic thing. It's all on the commentators. They've been doing it for years. They're going to do it forever until we get like we're saying, people from our space out there to tell these stories. It's, it gets frustrating because every black wrestler isn't an athlete. That's just not how it is. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Some of them are just like, no, I'm just into, I'm just a raw power this, or I'm just like, you know, I'm something else. It doesn't, it, these labels do hinder people like Scorpio Sky because he has been given he has been labeled that he has been given that kind of shelton benjamin like well he's such a great athlete he doesn't mm. even need a championship athlete 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 no he's so much more than that he he's he's a character he's a person he's yep. he's a, he, you know there, there's so much you can add to these to these wrestlers but they all just get this they're athletic they're this they're this it, it gets very frustrating for sure and then i love that you ended it right there reds because that gives me be the perfect opportunity and I would never miss the opportunity. Chris knows where I'm going with this. I'll never mm-hmm. miss the opportunity to break out the five categories of black performers that the <laughs> WWE allows because as we all know, there are only five. Yes. yes. So for anybody that hasn't heard this before, the five categories of black WWE performers are happy-go-lucky Negro. <laughs> Angry black man. Yes. Yep. Old school stereotypes, preachers, uh. pimps, <laughs> savages, new school stereotypes, uh, rappers, drug yeah. dealers, thugs. Uh-huh. And finally, my favorite category and Andrew Thompson's favorite category, athletic black person with no backstory. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what do you think about these categories and what do you think about the question sp3 like this oh limiting this putting them in the athlete Ooh. box does that limit their opportunities yes 100 percent. and you know like red said it comes down to the commentaries it also comes down to the people in the back because a lot of the times the commentators aren't saying their own thoughts they're True. saying whatever is fed to them in their right, heads right. and if vince only has those five categories he's going <laughs> to emphasize on that and you know kofi kingston is a, is a beautiful example of that he came in and they're like jamaican me crazy even though the dude wasn't from Jamaica. Right, right. and then then he became the athletic one he was like oh he's so athletic he's one of the best pure athletes and then finally when he felt you know i gotta skip a couple of chapters because if i went through his whole he went through all five of those uh except for the 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 new school 
the new school of being a rapper or a drug dealer. I think he went through four out of the five of those yeah. uh, topics. And then he became a full-fledged character in the new day. He was, you know, embracing pop culture. He was able to be charismatic. It was like he had that the whole time. He had that for, for the first six, seven years mm-hmm. he was there, but you finally let him be a full-fledged character. And with the New Day, that was on their own volition because they kind of left it alone because when he first brought them out, they were the old-school stereotype. They were preachers. They came out because mm-hmm. he is a is a, is a uh, child of the church. He was the preacher, <laughs> the, the, the talker for the group. So they were all preachers. And it's, it's crazy that still WWE's been around for 70 something years and mm-hmm. it's still like that and AEW is a little bit better with their black performers but they don't give them the opportunity to no. so, you know Scorpio Sky anytime he's been given the opportunity to cut a promo he kills it he knocks it out the box but a lot of the time that's on AEW Dark which only what 30 33 uh, yep. 45% of the the audience of AEW is watching he's not given that opportunity all the time on AEW Dynamite and when he does get that opportunity he stands out the men of the year has been one of the best things on the low for AEW this year him and Ethan Page but he's always in a group he's never given that solo spotlight someone like Big Swole like we were just talking mm. about she's so talented and she's so charismatic and naturally when Brit wins the AEW World Championship, I would think the first challenger should be the the woman that beat her in her most high-profile first feud that she ever had, which was Big Swole. Big Mm -hmm. Swole and Britt Baker, they got each other over last summer, and Big Swole won that feud now that Britt Baker's champion. I think that Big Swole should be one of the top contenders, but no, she's still on AEW Dark. So we still need more opportunities. They need their foot in the door. And, you know, although AEW doesn't have the five categories, they need to give more of a spotlight to these performers. Yeah, and I think something that Scorpio brought up in the interview, Chris, that, you know, again, coming from a sports background, you know, for myself, it's the age-old, like, Black athletes are in this category. White athletes are in this category. Because Scorpio brings up, he's like, you telling me Hangman Page isn't a great athlete? You know, you telling me Kenny Omega isn't a great athlete? You know, Darby Allen isn't a great athlete, but they don't get labeled with the athletic, you know, tag. You know, it's like watching, it's like watching, uh, you know, NCAA tournament, Chris. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the black players are naturally gifted and talented. Right. The white players, they're scrappy. They're gym yeah. rats. They're students <laughs> of the game, Chris. Right. They got yeah. a high motor, Chris. It's the um, wrestling equivalent to um, the Barack Obama compliment that he speaks so mm. well. Oh, know, my like, God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's, it's cooking right now. It's just, <laughs> it's one of those compliments that's, yeah, it's a nice thing to say, but that's not a compliment you would give a white guy. It just ain't. Um, So, um, and and what it does is it kind of, it's almost a little dehumanizing. Um, I I do think the the black wrestlers owe it to themselves to kind of, I don't know if you could get away with this in WWE because Vince McMahon is telling these commentators everything they say. But in um, AEW or something like that, maybe go to Jim Ross and say, Hey man, um, 
I also have this, this, and this going on in my life. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Um, There's more to me than that I played football in college. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think v- J- Jim Ross is one of those people that I think would talk about other things. Like, he doesn't seem like he's not receptive to um, hearing a wrestler's idea. Um, the problem with Jim Ross, though, is he, like, I remember uh, in the Attitude Era with D'Lo Brown, like when he found out that D'Lo Brown was a certified public accountant, he'd say that like he beat you over the fucking head with that. Right. And it's like, does this guy wrestle? You know what I'm saying? What else what else does D'Lo Brown do? So I think it's it's a it's a learning thing that these that these wrestling um commentators mm-hmm. are gonna have to learn in the wrestling industry as well you know what i'm yeah. saying because they're inspired and let's be honest a lot of these um athletic black guys do things that some of these white guys can't do you know what i'm saying look we we know we athletic chris like two cold yeah. scorpio 75 years old right like, yeah, he ain't 75 shout out to the brother two cold but two cold yeah. scorpio like he's got to be in his 60s yeah but these and are he's out here doing stuff that guys in their 20s and 30s wouldn't even try Right, yeah, and but these are these. This is coded language, and I don't know if if they're aware of that. And they, they and you've got to be aware of that, especially as we're moving into the year twenty twenty two. You, you, there's certain things that are antiquated uh, in the wrestling industry, um, and those kind of compliments for your uh, black talent is one of them and just yeah. not giving black wrestlers any kind of creative creativity to latch on to is just another one of them. Well, like, right that's there, a, Chris, right there. Yeah. Like I, you know, Jada Pinkett give that part. Like, I think that part of the issue is not only the labels uh, that these performers get tagged with, but it's the fact that if they, if, if they had a story that was compelling, you could talk about the story during the match. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if you watch a Hangman Page match, they're telling you, like, this is what he's overcome. This is his path to the world championship. Like, these are things that Hangman Page has done on his journey. We can talk about this. Right, yeah. For so many of these black characters and brown characters, quite frankly, they're just doing matches. They're like, they can jump high. This guy can right. really like, jump like, high. What's, what's, power, <laughs> what's Powerhouse Hobbs' story? You know what I mean? Like, what's, yeah. what's, yeah. what's uh, Scorpio That story Sky's is about story? to be told on Thursday, digital edition of PWI. I have an article with Powerhouse Hobbs. That's my big homie. Uh, get that. Okay. Because right, awesome, <laughs> he's one of the, he's the p- person that I always bring up in AEW. It's like, what does this brother do, man? It's like, yeah. They don't they don't define him and they right. don't define any of those um black wrestlers that they have. And right. Jade Cargill is amazing, but yeah. what, what's Jade's story? Right. How I would say, and that's where that where they need black creatives and not just black creatives, but they need diverse black creatives. Um like um with um we 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 talked to uh what's my man's name? Um Prince Nana. Nana last week. Christopher. For that. Yeah, he, he feel fuck me up for that. Christopher. One. Sorry. Sorry. Do forget that. Christopher. <laughs> but uh, but no, but he, he, we, we were talking about like, you know, wh- wh- why is he not working backstage mm. in a company offering some uh, creativity? This dude yeah. has worked in the music industry 
um, done a lot of different things. We need creative voices that are aiding and assisting people like, um, like um, Cody Rhodes, uh, Mark Henry is there. Um, yeah. You know, you got some people there, but you also, you, you, you could, if you just went with Mark Henry's voice, I don't think that would work. You need a, you a need diverse voices. Like, yeah. In yeah. terms of not only racially, but also in terms of like, you need more women in your creative right, room. Right. You also or, need younger voices. Younger voices is a big idea. Yeah. Right. Because if, Here's the thing, like Chris and I, and that's one of the reasons we want to have Andrew on this show, like all the time, because Chris and I are coming at it from the viewpoint of wrestling fans and people that have followed this sport from the 90s. Right. Andrew Thompson, was, Andrew Thompson wasn't even around in the 90s. And right. so there's yeah. a different perspective. We're all black men who follow and cover wrestling, but his viewpoint is, is valuable because it's different than where me and Chris are coming from a lot of times. Yeah, it's 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 generational, and it's trying to understand um, the younger generation, um, and then also kind of introduce the younger generation to um, stuff from our generation, you know, and just kind of mm-hmm. having dialogues. And then you also kind of realize this: nothing's changed that dramatically <laughs> from the '90s and '20s. It's changed, but we we could always do better. Yeah, and. Um, and when I say, um, when I give criticisms to AEW, it's important for me for rest, for me to let wrestling fans know I love AEW and they are they have my favorite wrestling programming at the moment, and that is why I offered them this criticism because it's a problem that they can fix. And if I didn't like AEW, I tell them to, to fuck off. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't offer the same, like, like WWE, I've given up on them trying to do entirely right uh, by black, by black wrestlers, by black talent. They're going to do right to a certain extent, but then, you know, it's like, well, we got our black guy on, on top. Mm. Let's job Kofi Kingston and Apollo Cruz and Keith Lee and Cedric Alexander. It's yeah. like, it's it's like Mr. Birds when Lisa Simpson was trying to show him how to be a good guy and he opens <laughs> up the recycling plant and in his recycling plant he's killing fucking dolphins and whales and all kinds of shit. Uh, like it's like WWE. I don't I don't think they physically are capable of mm. sustained black. Excellence. I just right. don't think no, that's not, something not as do. long as, as Vince McMahon is, is yeah. in charge. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're, they're always going to fall back on stereotypes. They're always going to fall back on, you know, the women popping drinks. And then when that gets old, go back to killing motherfuckers. I remember uh, Ezekiel Jackson. This was, the, and I, I, I joke with Ricklin about this. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with the guy. It's like, what week this brother was just ripping everybody up. This here, what you call domination, he's just killing motherfuckers. And then, and then the next week, he's smiling for no reason. <laughs> and Michael Cole is on He went from angry black man to yeah. happy-go-lucky Negro in 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and Michael Cole is like, Ezekiel Jackson, he's just one guy that loves to have a good time yes. and smiling and party. Like, when did the 
when the fuck does this happen? You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> it's 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 like they don't they don't think when it comes to us, and they don't use critical thinking skills. If they took my intro to political science class, I will show them how their mind works and why critical thinking matters. Vince ain't taking your class, Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You can, you can, you can hire me on, though, man, but you, cause, because, because there's no critical thinking when it comes to black. See, this is the thing, and that's cultural bias, too. Because when it comes to white guys, you are thinking critically yeah. about the layers to their character. Mm-hmm. When it comes to black guys, you're not thinking critically. You're thinking, this guy's big. Let's have him go out here and kill people. Will Hobbs, let's put him with um, Moxley. That'll get him over. You don't think about the layers to him. You don't think about what this guy is capable of and what he's been gone going gone through in his life you're not thinking about okay well maybe this guy's the best on the microphone let's give him mm-hmm. a black guy or just a manager period doesn't even have to be black that can tell this black man's story mark henry mark henry, he, mark henry mark henry mark henry mark henry he might yeah. be able to tell it mm-hmm. you got to do this with people you yeah. have to you can't it's- just Throw them to the wolves and expect them to succeed. No, and to quote uh, Rich Fan from a couple episodes ago, like you know, it's a problem. As much as we all respect what they're doing with AEW, uh, as Chris said, like it's easily uh, a much better program than than <clears throat> what the WWE is offering right now. But you can't have a situation where your only main eventer of color is Sting, like Steve is too cool, <laughs> like Sting can't be. Your number one main event of color because tan is uh, orange bronzer is not a color as much as we love that man called Sting. Yeah. <laughs> orange oh bronzer and face God. paint that ain't a color, Sting. <laughs> but uh, shout out, shout out to our guy. Uh, you know, you talk about critical thinking, Chris. This was a very thoughtful question from a uh, Contrasoma. So yeah, uh, keep, keep the listener questions coming in. We try to do at least one every uh, episode. Like we'd like to do more. But as you just saw, like one question can we can run with that for like 20 minutes. So uh, check out the post wrestling forum. Also, uh, send us an email to let us know your thoughts on what we talk about and what you would like to hear us talk about. Uh, but before we get out of here, Chris, you know, we we talked all episode about celebrating black excellence and supporting black excellence and letting people know where we can find black excellence and amplifying it when we find it. So let's take a moment. Let's take a pause for the cause and thank our guests for coming through. Uh, let's start with you, Sid. SP3, what you got going on, man? Where can people find you on these internet streets? Uh, let them know what, what you got go- coming up as we get closer and closer to uh, SummerSlam, brother. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, guys. This was this was great. Just talking professional wrestling with people that look like me, African Americans is it makes me very proud to be in this space. Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, True Hill Heat. Uh, we drop a new podcast every single Saturday. I uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms. Every Wednesday, I'm over on Wrestling Daily YouTube channel with Alex McCarthy talking about the latest wrestling news 3 p.m eastern time uh and you can also find me on the sports keto wrestling youtube channel with rick uccino and the legendary dutch mantel 
following SmackDown every single week. So mm-hmm. once again, thank you so much, guys, for having me. And I, I am welcome to being back on here and talking wrestling with you guys anytime. No doubt, no doubt. We'll definitely catch up with you down the road, brother. Uh, and, of course, Righteous Reg, the man. Yes. Out here for the culture, and he's repping it. Always, yes. I Brought us the theme Ridge. song, Reg. Thank you. I, let, I, him know, let him know what you got going on, brother, and let, him, let, him, let, let us know a little bit more. Uh, for the listeners that don't know, let him know a little bit more about the work that you're doing with PWI, man. Yeah, uh, so I'm a writer for PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It's a magazine that's been going for about 30 years. They're famous Forever. for their uh, 500 best wrestlers in the world, which is about to drop in about a month and a half. I'm finishing work on that. Right now, as we speak, this Thursday, August 5th, the new digital edition of the magazine is coming out. I have an article feature on who we talked about, my big homie, Powerhouse Hobbs. And I also have my own column in the PWI called The Righteous Wrap-Up. This week, this month is about technical wrestler Lee Moriarty, my homie. August 31st. We talked about Lee in the first segment with Andrew with that that great uh, match that uh, Lee had uh, at PWG. Oh, I was there. Yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing. Oh, you, you were there. I, I cried. You were there. Yeah, I was there. Tell us a little bit about that because Andrew was like uh, letting us know about like, the format and just like you you just buy a ticket. You don't know what's about to pop off. You just buy a ticket and go yeah. to the show. I'm a longtime PWG fan. I've been going to PWG shows since 2004 was my first one. Um this is called Mystery Vortex. They don't announce any of the crowd. You just go, and as the entrances are happening, that's when you know what match is coming up. So I'm waiting here. I don't know really what's who's in the back, what's going on. I hear Lee Moriarty's song. I go absolutely ham. I can't believe it's going crazy. Then right after that is Jonathan Gresham's song. I have a heart attack because these are legit. Two wrestlers in my top five wrestlers are about to wrestle each other. So it was it was about as good as you could get perfect match for these guys a mirror match at one point it was amazing check out the dvd when it drops august 31st bw 500 the third edition the 500 best black wrestlers in the world black wrestling's 500 put together by yours truly i am currently in the midst of so many black wrestlers it's insane i hate wrestlers after how many wrestlers i have seen so please on august 31st tune into my twitter page blackwrestlings.com you'll get to see the 500 best black wrestlers in the world there's a lot of them there's a lot of insanely talented wrestlers you have to just go through all of them when you start to hit the 300 you'll see people that you've never even heard of but they're gonna blow your mind i'm telling you there's so many talented individuals not just in the country but there's some wrestlers from africa from the uk from there's a black wrestler representing mexico there's people all over the world and i'm going to make sure you know who they are righteous reg i also be rapping righteousreg.bandcamp.com i got some music uh there's uh i, I do a lot of things so thank you guys for having me i appreciate it <laughs> good stuff brother yeah. and chris i don't envy reg you know putting that list together man it's awful how, how do you separate all those athletes man they just they so athletic they're very <laughs> naturally talented and gifted. i'm like number 23 athletic number 24 also athletic this is <laughs> so, number one is the most athletic of all <laughs> but number 500 is also very athletic <laughs> 
it's it's funny because it's true. It's yes, sad, exactly. True. That's how they do us, Reg. But appreciate you for coming on, man. Also, again, appreciate you for providing us the theme song, man. That's the one thing about this show that is universally praised I'm is glad. that righteous Reg beat off the top. Thanks. Thank yeah. you guys for, for allowing me to do that again. That was fun. No doubt. No doubt. Chris, what you got going on, brother? Any any uh, news for any other angry shows you got popping up? I know you keep talking about uh, getting back into your political mix, uh, and, yeah. and there's no shortage of stuff to talk about in the world of politics. So let the people know where they can find you, Chris, and uh, any, any updates on uh, your other podcast ventures, brother. So my other podcast ventures at the moment – are just I'm still working on my uh, dissertation, so I finished mm. up all of my uh, classes for my PhD. So the uh, dissertation has just been kicking my ass. So as soon as that's done, and I'm hoping by it keeps getting pushed back, like you know the like it, like the day that Trump is supposed to retake office. Uh, my my <laughs> dissertation keeps getting pushed back the same way so um, hopefully um i'll have that done by um october it'll be public um so everyone can like look at it and stuff and then chris's um, dissertation keep getting pushed back like emma's debut yeah, exactly. It's like and then when it finally comes, it's just gonna be nothing. You it's know, illusion. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 been hectic, but yeah, I'm just um trying to be more um active on Twitter and just uh, communicate. I do want to uh, formally uh, thank uh, Righteous Reg for that theme song. Um, I I appreciate it. Um, because um, we we needed a theme song, you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, we we uh, we were getting tired of getting flagged by yeah, artists. I know that. I know for, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, the, let me tell you, man. Easy E yeah. might not be with us no more. Rest in peace. But the Easy E people are very litigious. Yeah, no. <laughs> the Easy E gang's always gonna be out. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> you think NWA also, is playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also SP3 for uh, the work that you do uh, in uh, the wrestling space. Cause um, you know, when my, um, my, my homeboy Julian uh, mm. got rest mm-hmm. his soul, Dr. Julian yep. Shabazz passed away. I was, you get really concerned about, you know, who's going to pick up the mantle. Cause he was such a like, just awesome wrestling historian. Um and um, it's good to see that, you know, there's still black wrestling fans out here who take the sport seriously and um, even while at the same time recognizing the goofiness of it. So um, <laughs> Thank you. that's that's just great stuff. Yeah, I'm telling you, like the future, the future, man, future is bright. With, with, and I'm not just talking about you and me, Chris. Like people like Reg, people like SP3, people like Andrew Thompson, man. Andrew Thompson, one of the hardest working brothers. Drew, in the that's game. my homie. Love Drew. Like, yeah, like that dude, okay. like Rich Fan, uh, Cam, like uh, Maria, Phil, like, Phil Lindsay. That's my homie. Yo, Phil yeah. Lindsay. Yeah, that's right there. Like, like, and that's the thing. Like, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, SP3 off mic before the show. Like. There's a, we're we out here like we out here. Yep. We just in these we like we're each in our own pockets. And right now I'm trying to connect the pockets. That's one of the things that I kind of want to do with this show is like have a network for us because at the end of the right. day, man, we all we got. Yep. 
And if we don't support each other, who is? So uh, that's that's going to do it, Chris. We're going to end on a note of positivity. The power of positivity uh, is going to end us off this week. I uh, uh, hope everybody enjoys SummerSlam. We'll, we'll be back in September with the next episode of the NWA podcast. So who knows, Chris? We might be talking about how Goldberg buried Biggie and Lashley in consecutive <laughs> nights. Oh, God. I wanted big, meaty men slapping meat, but not like this. Right. Yeah. Not like this. But uh, y'all be safe. If you haven't gotten the shot, get the shot or at least mask up. Uh, and and uh, if you're heading out to Vegas like Reg is, be safe, y'all. Be careful because uh, it's still wild on these pandemic streets. But that is going to do it for another edition of the NWA podcast, The Nubian Wrestling Advocates, presented by Post Wrestling. Thank you all for listening. For SP3. Oh, I guess I, I did keep teasing this email. Uh, if you want to send us feedback in another way besides yeah. the forum, Check out uh, Nubian World Order at gmail.com. Nubian World Order at gmail.com is another place you can leave us feedback. And Chris has access to the email, and Chris Chris checks it. He watches it like a hawk. So Chris is going to be there for your feedback. So, for SP3, for our man Righteous Red, and for the Professor Chris Ely, I am the guy, Father Nate Milton. And remember, the revolution may not be televised. But it damn sure will be possible. See y'all next month. It's for the culture and we repping it. It's for the culture and we repping it.